Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 10 hours of entitled parent stories. Sit back, relax, and let's get straight into this. You sinned by having an abortion. So when I was younger, I had an abortion. It was an unwanted pregnancy where I wasn't in a great financial or mental state to look after a child Nor did I want to give an unwanted baby up for adoption just for them to wonder in future why their birth mum abandoned them Anyway, in my family, I have an older brother who's several years older than me and is married to this bat crazy woman named Laura Now Laura is very religious I'm not going to say which religion because I don't want them to get hate, but I'm pretty sure that people might have a good guess on which one it is. Now, Laura, being the crazy religious woman that she is, likes to preach about her religion with every chance she gets. She also loves children and thinks that abortion is basically a sin. Right, I'm pretty sure you get the idea of who the idiot is in this story. Six years back, Laura wasn't hated by the family. In fact, we all really liked how chill she was and how funny her stories were. One time, as I was drinking with her, we decided to ask deep questions to get to know each other. One thing led to another and I told her that I had had an abortion. She then proceeded to screech about how terrible that was and condemned me for it. This is when the fun began. She told every single living being she came across about how much of a terrible person I was and that I hated children. Now, she is sort of right because I'm very uncomfortable being around little fleshy living beings whom I cannot communicate with properly, but I don't hate them. I mean, that is one way of describing babies. Wow. She spread lies or her theories on how I abuse children or how I deny my duties of continuing the family bloodline. That I also deny a higher up being to be a part of my life because I refuse to let an angel be born on earth and that I am to be pitied for. Now, that happened five years ago and on that year's Christmas, she bought me newborn baby clothes. In my family, we don't label who the gifts are from. We just write who it's for. So Laura thought she could get away with it since she didn't write her name on it. But we all knew, like everyone knew. Even my unborn nephew from my other sister-in-law knew. Also, because when I opened the gift, she was the only one who exclaimed how much of a great present it was and that it might be a sign and great blessing for my family. Everybody else was dead silent and very uncomfortable. I've been ignoring her for the past five years since I don't interact with her much, only on special occasions. But I know of every single thing that she said about me behind my back, mainly because she said them to my family thinking they won't say anything to me. For my birthdays, she would always try to get her way in and give me uncomfortable baby presents. Or when someone in the family has a kid, she'll make comments to me about how potentially it could be me one day in that position and I'll know I'll appreciate my life even more as a mother. She even claimed that she prays for me every day to one day open my eyes and repent for the huge sin I've committed and to make up for it by having plenty of angels. Oh my god. When I tell her to stop forcing her ideal happiness onto me, she would cry that I'm a poor, unfortunate soul who doesn't understand anything. Also, one time I did snap at her because of how annoyed I was with her. 
and she cried to everyone about how much of a terrible person i was but it didn't really work out since everyone just knew what she was doing this year for christmas guess what i got i got a children's book that helps five-year-olds multiple of them the thing is i got a bit petty with laura because of how much trash she's been throwing at me for the past five years so i became a tiny tad bit petty and gave her something special for christmas the thing is laura is infertile she and my older brother can't have kids which has caused laura to become pretty depressed about it so for christmas i gave her a special gift i gave back all the presents she's given me for the past five years all the baby clothes toys books and motherhood stuff i gave it all back with a little card it was a generic picture of a happy mother with her newborn and it said this will be you one day winky face oh my word she then proceeded to break down and cry about how terrible i am she's right i am after christmas she would tag and comment about on how i should repent for my sinful ways on facebook So far, I've been enjoying her reaction. Just waiting for next year's Christmas now, because it's going to be an absolute blast when she finds out how gay as F I am when I bring my girlfriend over. I mean, wow. I mean, (laughs) that is actually just an unbelievable story. I thought it was all, you know, going pretty standardly. A horrible woman just saying abortion is wrong and all that stuff. But then you doing what you did and gifting her all the presents that she's gifted you, knowing she's infertile. That is, that's mental. Is that too far? Like, I'm, I'm inclined to say it's a bit too far because she clearly cares a lot about this more than you do anyway. <laughs> and to chuck a winky face on at the end? Wow, that's really quite deep. Let me know in the comments, guys. Is that too far? It's close, isn't it? Look, maybe you'll say that she deserves it because she is throwing all this rubbish at you. You know, her idealistic religious principles and all this stuff about abortion not being right and you sinning and that is ridiculous. But what you did, OP, I have to say, I think that's a, that's a little bit too much. You know that she's been depressed about I mean, what do you reckon guys? I think it might just be a bit too far It's it's a tough one. That's all I'll say but me pretty harsh stuff from you OP now moving on to our next post You are supposed to buy all items in the wish list. This happened in the early 2000s The guy whose story this is was the owner of an internet cafe. I used to hang out at at the time We'll call him craig the cafe owner after several years of no contact Craig's extended family offered reconciliation. So he got invited to family events again, like birthdays, hinting to bring expensive gifts. You get the picture. It was very clear that they were in it for his money, but at least nobody came right out to ask him for cash. In late October or early November, the family mail started to include wish lists for Christmas. The lists included helpful links to online stores. Not only were the items already expensive, but buying through the links provided was about 50% more expensive than buying from Amazon and the like. Heading each list was a smartphone, but instead of buying through the links, Craig used his business to buy from a wholesaler, then have an advertisement company print his company logo on them. That way, he could deduct them from his taxes as advertisement expenses. Very clever, Big Craig. Craig's family didn't like that though. His uncle flat out told him he was supposed to buy all the items in the list and buy them through the links. Why you ask? Well, for one thing, the items would be shipped directly. And on top of that, they would get a commission, which is likely why the items were so expensive. His uncle didn't tell him the last part, of course. We found that out when taking a look at the website that held the wish list. Now a word about the way their family mail worked. All the family was CC'd, 
They simply added their pieces and then hit reply to all. For private conversations, they simply took Craig's mail address off the list. His secondary mail address, think coolguy123 at potmail.com, they forgot or didn't associate with him. This way, he found out that he was supposed to be uninvited from family Christmas once their little scam worked out. At this point, he vented to me and a couple other patrons present at his internet cafe. One of the guys said something along the lines of, book yourself on ass holiday and send them postcards saying, having a good time. Craig couldn't close down his cafe during the holidays as that was when he made a big chunk of his profits. Nevertheless, the remark gave me an idea. One of my internet friends was a crew member on the supply flights to bases in the Antarctic. So we hatched a plan. My friend sent 30 to 40 postcards in a large envelope. Craig and I, as well as some other patrons, filled them out by hand. Then they got sent back in the big envelope to my internet friend who put them into the regular mail from Amundsen Scott South Pole Station. Aside from various pictures of the stations, often with polar lights overhead, there were pictures of the wildlife, mostly penguins, but also sea lions and all kinds of whales. The postcards arrived a few days before Christmas and the family mail exploded. One remark stood out to me. Craig is wasting our money on a trip to Antarctica. All in all, they whipped each other into a frenzy and then planned on confronting Craig at his cafe and lay waste to the cafe if he didn't pay up. Craig then called the police, who parked a patrol car right in front of the cafe with a couple of policemen having an eye on things inside. The scene that developed when Craig's uncles arrived was almost comical. They tried to talk to him in private. Craig told them they can talk right in front of the police. Their little scheme had been revealed anyways as... Not all of the family are swine. Some even warned me. Later, therefore, every family member then suspected everyone else of being the snitch. They must have had a really merry Christmas together. Now look, guys, a quick message from me to this entitled family. There's no point, fellas, trying to be all, you know, secretive and clever about trying to get money out of Big Craig. He's got a lot of money. You don't, but that's fine. If you want some of it, just ask. You know, maybe if you're more upfront about it, Big Craig might give you some money. And I don't know how tall he is. I'm calling him Big Craig because I think he's massive. Look, if you're going to go behind his back and send all these emails throughout your entire family that are just not including him, then it's just ridiculous. If you want money, ask him. He's going to say no, but there's a 1% chance he might say yes. He's not going to send you loads and loads of Christmas gifts and get everything on your wish list just because you want him to. Like, come on. It's so obvious and it's so obvious to Craig that you're after his money, not him as a person. Ask him for money. Be short about it and say, look, you got any money, mate? Give me some. Or just leave him alone and be honest about it. Don't try and be secretive with it. What's the point? Be open. The best thing about this, though, by a mile, is Craig saying, yeah, one of you already told me this was going on. Imagine the finger pointing. Just brilliant. Craig, you're a legend. Keep doing your thing. Sack these geezers off. Not that you were really involved with them in the first place, but uh, yeah, definitely don't get them anything. Now moving on to our third story of today's episode. Deadbeat brother crashed my crown Victoria gets a night in jail he won't forget. I, a 21-year-old male, have an older brother, Dave, that has always been a jerk to me. There's only a one-year gap between us, but he liked to beat me up when we were kids and he always acted like anything that was mine was also his. He was also somewhat the golden child, which made me miserable. So, no surprise, I moved out at 18. My uncle is now a retired police officer and he took me in after I left home. He even hooked me up with a decommissioned Crown Vic. 
I absolutely love that car. Now, for those of you watching on YouTube, here is a photo of a Crown Vic. For those of you on audio or podcast platforms, pretty much think of an American police car and that's it. Pretty amazing. I don't know why, but Dave hated the fact that I had that car. He drove three beta cars into the ground while my Crown Vic kept chugging along. Well, after his third beta finally died when he drove it into a pole, he asked to borrow my car. I had a bad feeling and said I wasn't going to do that. He called me entitled and said that he needed a car to get to work. I told him to take the bus because I know how he drives and my Crown Vic was off limits. My parents called me after that and told me to just lend him my car. I said I won't no matter what they say. I rely on that car and I need it as well since it's my personal transportation. Dave wasn't the only one in the world with a job he needed to go to. My uncle congratulated me for standing up to them and gave me a high five. A few days later, when I got off work, the car wasn't where I parked it. I called my brother's cell, but he didn't pick up. Then I called my parents and asked them if he took my car. They denied it. So I said I was going to call the cops and then they admitted that he'd borrowed it because he needed it. I told them he better bring it back right now or I'll have police looking for him. They called me a jerk and then phoned Dave to bring my car back. He showed back up in the parking lot in my car 20 minutes later. I demanded to know how he stole my car and he held up a set of police Crown Vic keys he'd bought online. Some were made universally. I told him if he ever stole my car again, I'm gonna have him arrested. Then he had the audacity to ask for a ride home. (laughs) To be honest, I kind of love that. I told him he made me wait in the December cold after stealing my car. So no, he could walk. He called me an idiot before I drove away. After that, my uncle installed a tracking device on the car. When Christmas Day came, I was celebrating with my family like every year. The roads were cold and icy, so I had to be very careful while driving. By now, you're probably clued in by the title. Yeah, Dave borrowed my car again during the Christmas party. Apparently, he decided that he was going to go and pick up a friend and figured that I wouldn't notice. But I did when I looked out the front window and saw my car missing. Yeah, that would do it. I pulled up the tracking app and saw that he was a few miles away. Then I called his cell to yell at him. Everybody in the party saw this and asked what was going on. I said, Dave stole my car again. And my uncle confirmed that it wasn't the first time. Now, Dave told me over the phone to screw off and he'd be back soon. I said he better not have been drinking, but he just hung up on me. Well, while I was watching the tracker app, the dot stopped and didn't move for a while. Soon, we got a panic call from Dave asking for help. He'd crashed the car because he couldn't handle the icy roads and he wasn't used to a rear-wheel drive vehicle. So we piled into my parents' minivan and followed the tracker. We found Dave by the road and my Crown Vic was nose-deep in a snowfield ditch. My uncle was furious as it was formerly a car of his department and I was mad as heck at Dave for stealing my car again. Now, my parents wanted me to let it go, but I said enough was enough and I'm going to call the police. Dave begged me not to because he really had been drinking before he set off and was going to therefore get a DUI. But I said he was going to pay me back for my dang car then or I'd sue him. Well, as luck would have it, police were already aware of the accident and were driving in to check on the scene. Someone else had called them, I guess. My parents tried to say that I was the one driving the car and they were just there to help me. But I said that wasn't true and my uncle backed me up. In fact, one of the cops that was there recognized my uncle and they had a chat. 
Then they went to Dave and asked to see his license. Now, I found out then that his license was suspended after he'd crashed his previous car. Then they breath tested him. He wound up with cuffs slapped on his wrists, but my mother was crying and begging the police not to take him away. But the officer just said that she and my dad could get arrested too for lying to the police. That shut them up. And we got back in the minivan. Now the Christmas party was ended early and my parents drove me and my uncle home since he rode with me. They didn't say much to either of us the whole drive and just sped away as soon as we were out of their van. They actually nearly slipped on the roads themselves doing that. My brother was let out of jail the next day and he looked so scared that he was practically crying. The cops there had roughed him up a bit while talking about prison and the stuff that they'd seen go on there. Dave had actually weed himself during that and they let him take a shower. That is when my uncle started cracking up and revealed to us that his friends in the department never filed the DUI and just the charge for the suspended license, which was about a $600 fine. My uncle said that he just wanted to teach Dave a lesson and this would be the one and only time that he'd ever get his help. Dave then apologized to me and said he'd pay to have my Crown Vic fixed and would never touch it again. When it got pulled out of the ditch, the front end damage was actually minor. It needs a new front bumper, a headlight, and a grill. The damage was just superficial, thankfully. Now, my parents have pretty much glossed over the whole incident and act like it didn't happen. Dave gave me the extra Crown Vic keys that he bought online and said that this has taught him a lesson he won't soon forget. Well, you know what? I hope Dave has actually learned his lesson. It sounds, to be honest, like he has. He seems pretty shaken up by this whole thing. Fair play to your uncle as well for for not actually going through the DUI because that's very, very serious. And look, What is the whole point of getting sentences and prison sentences in the first place? It's to punish people. I guess it's also to make them learn their lesson. If Dave actually has, and you think you can get away with not sending him to prison properly, but still teach him his lesson, then look, fair play to your uncle. He's an ex-cop. He probably knows what he's doing, right? You know what? I back it. Yeah, it's still illegal, but it sounds like his parents, your parents, OP, are just enabling Dave. Like, clearly he's the golden child. They're willing to just brush over the fact that he was driving under the influence, crashed, and could easily have killed somebody. I mean, to be fair, the more I say it, the more I think, yeah, he really should have just gone to prison. That's very serious. I actually take what I said. Your uncle, has he gone too soft there? Let me know in the comments down below. I have to study in a bathtub. So, I have an exam tomorrow, and I wanted to study. So I sat in my chair and started. Not even three minutes later, my dad came in. He wanted to play CSGO on my PC, so I had to get in my bed. He started playing, and as always, he started to swear. I asked him to be quiet, and he said, My house, my rules. So, I went in the bathroom. The only quiet place in our house. I'm now in the bathtub. What should I do? Now, look, guys, uh, this is definitely one of the wildest entitled parent stories that I've read. There's a lot to unpack here, but the comments of this post actually reveal a lot about what's going on. One commenter says, Your dad is a selfish child. And OP has actually replied, Yes, he is. The keyboard and mouse are going to be oily again. What? Oily? Very oily. That's weird. Someone else comments, my house, my rules. Well, how about my room, my laptop, my rules? But OP says, I bought it for you. Uh, I guess you can't really do too much about that. Right, he bought it for you to use in your sanctuary in peace and quiet. He can't just take that away from you just because he's an adult, especially if we're doing something important like studying. The power trip some parents are on is unbelievable. I completely agree with this comment. OP says, 
Just had a huge argument with both parents. Locked myself in my room. They're threatening to call the police. What on earth? Download an aimbot. Get him vac banned. Delete the aimbot. Then he can enjoy some non-vac lobbies. But it's OP's Steam account, so he can't do that. Now, there are a few more comments where people are suggesting that OP get a job or try and move out, stuff like that. But it's very clear as you read more of these comments that OP is actually quite young and can't really do that. And that his parents are extremely controlling. Look at this. So somebody says your dad should get his own laptop. Completely makes sense. I mean, geez, he doesn't even respect your privacy. Maybe he didn't want you to study. OP says he has to know all my passwords. This is messed up. Are you 18 yet? It might be worth it to apply for dorm living. But OP says I'm not 18 yet. And that is part of the problem. What do you do when you're not 18 and your parents are this controlling and entitled? That is crazy. And then finally, to sum this entire story up, what the heck? Their child's education should always come first for a parent, not in our house. That is insane. Like at first, I'm going to be honest, it seemed a little far-fetched a story. Really sending your kid to go and study in the bath. But the more I read these comments from OP explaining what's going on. Wow, this dad is mental. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now moving on to our second entitled parent story. My entitled parents took COVID tests but won't show me the results in advance of their visit with my toddler. My parents are in their 60s and my spouse and I are in our 30s. We live a state apart, about six hours drive. My spouse and I have a two-year-old who is not yet eligible for a COVID vaccine and we've been taking every precaution we can to keep her safe while also holding down our jobs. My parents are both vaccinated and boosted but regularly take risks that we do not going out to eat at restaurants, recreational travel, not wearing masks in places that don't require it, etc. On their most recent visit, my mum had been hosting a professional workshop that involved some up-close hands-on instruction, and she informed us at dinner that she decided to take her mask off as she was instructing students since it was so hard to teach with it on. She said this as she held our kid on her lap and fed them food off her fork. My parents were due to visit today, and we'd asked them to get a PCR test beforehand to make sure everyone was safe, especially our kid. They went to get tests on New Year's Eve, complaining to us all the while about what a pain it was to go to an urgent care center and sit for hours, potentially being exposed. They could have made an appointment earlier, since we've been planning this visit for weeks, by the way. They arrived at their hotel yesterday evening, and in the process of opening a discussion about plans for their visit, I texted them yesterday evening to ask if they could please send us copies of their test results. At 10 a.m. today, about 14 hours later, I received a long email from my mum, effectively saying, no, we won't show you our test results. How dare you think that we'd make the trip here if we were sick? If you can't trust us to that extent, you shouldn't let us into your home anyway. Over the course of the next few hours, my wife and I both sent them digital copies of our recent COVID tests and emphasized that this was a pretty normal thing for people to be doing these days. 
and that we'd really like to see them, but we'd like to see the test results. Please, no dice. My parents have never been so insulted, can't believe that we don't trust them, etc. According to both my parents, yes, they have negative results, but no, we can't see them. I had a phone conversation with them in which I told them that I love them, explained that we're trying to look out for the health of our kid, and hoped they would reconsider. They claimed they would never have made the drive if we knew that we would ask them that. My mum cried. My dad was angry. In their own defense, they also brought up how risky it was for them to make the trip as older people and the risk that I've taken traveling to other parts of the world. By the way, this is pre-COVID and the time I smoked weed when I was 17, among other things, my God. If they have negative results, it would be the work of 15 seconds to send us proof. I think I believe them, but their reaction makes me wonder more than I would have before. As far as I know, they're now driving six sad hours back home. No visit, no time with grandkiddo. I feel terrible for making people I love feel terrible, and I'm pretty sure I did so today, but this is pretty weird and entitled, right? Uh, yeah, OP, it is. Just a bit. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry, but your parents have to be hiding something. If they have taken the test, like they've said, and they are negative, like they've said, then yeah, they would just send the picture, wouldn't they? It takes 15 seconds. It's not a lack of trust. That is just an unbelievable thing to say. For me personally, I went round to my friend's house on New Year's Eve and everyone prior to that took an LFT and posted photos in our group chat showing they were negative just so everyone felt comfortable. It's not a big deal. It doesn't show a lack of trust. Send the picture. It takes 15 seconds and have a nice time with your grandkid. Now moving on to our third story. On my 21st birthday, my mother tried to act like she was my bride. This is a roller coaster. Anyone who's seen my original post knows the level of infantilizing insanity my mother has towards me. She practically wanted me to be attached to her hip and wanted me to be perpetually a child. This is only one of the many nasty things she did. I don't intend to make many posts, but this story, I feel like I want to get out separately from my original post. Now guys, just to explain briefly what happened in the first post in the original, here is a little TLDR. My crazy controlling mother clinged to and infantilized me all my life, so I moved away. Then refused to come home for Christmas because she couldn't accept my girlfriend. So she stalked me and then called the police on me, claiming I was a drug dealer to try and ruin my holiday. She got arrested on Christmas Day. Then my father divorced her and no one wants anything to do with her now. So there we go. It was late 2012 and I was turning 21. I was the last person in my friend circle to reach that age. So we decided the best way to enjoy my birthday was to have it at a local bar. My mother didn't like this idea because she didn't think it's appropriate, but the rest of the family told me to enjoy the day the way I'd like. So I decided the bar was what I wanted. My mother did call me a few times asking me to change my mind, but I wasn't going to. Every single birthday I had while living with my parents, my mother made all about her. She always dressed up like she was going to extravagant parties and always made herself the center of attention. She hovered over me every time I blew out the candles on my cakes and she had to be in every photo taken of me. I stayed living in my parents' house as long as I could stand it to save money. And believe me, I was saving every spare cent in a savings account. Now it was time for my 21st birthday and I was determined to not let her ruin it or make it about her. One of my friends brought a small chocolate cake. 
and it only had one candle on it in the shape of a 21. Some of my favorite tunes were playing on the jukebox and I was enjoying gin and tonic. Then my mother showed up. She pranced in wearing what looked like a wedding dress of some sort and her hair was done up in what I think would be best described as Disney Cinderella style. Her face was caked in makeup to try and not look almost 50. And my dad walked in behind her wearing his church suits he didn't look happy my mother pranced to me and latched onto my arm and when i say pranced i mean pranced she had a hop with every step but i pulled away from her and made her let go i adamantly said i was not gonna be holding her arm and i was gonna enjoy my birthday the way i see fit she didn't like hearing that and still wanted my arm every time i got up to try and do anything she latched onto me and tried to parade me around one guy there i didn't know made a joke that we looked like such a happy couple my mother blushed like she was my girlfriend or something that made me snap and i called out what the guy said as disgusting and that i wasn't marrying my crazy mother my mother then gave me a shocked and then saddened look like her inner world had just crumbled then she turned on the waterworks everyone was staring i just walked into the men's bathroom thankfully she couldn't follow me in there My dad walked in a few minutes later and said my mother had calmed down and it was safe to come out But she'd planted herself in my seat at the table and was told to move when it was time to do the cake But she didn't want to Thankfully, my dad made her get up and my friends made sure to sit in places that kept my mother from sitting close to me Or being directly in my line of sight My best friend lit the cake and before I could blow it out I noticed my mother was hovering creepily close behind me I snapped and told her she wasn't going to do this to me again and to sit down or go away She started making a scene and my dad had to make her stop Lots of people around the bar were looking at my mother and laughing She started doing that kind of angry squinting where you expect tears any second Then just sat back down My friends took pictures of me and made sure my mother wasn't in a single one of them Not for lack of my mother trying anyway My mother finally hit her breaking points when I got up to start dancing with a girl while a live band played We picked that day to have the party because a local band was there in the evening and they were playing some great classic rock I started dancing with a nice redhead girl when my mother suddenly grabbed me by the arm and started forcibly trying to dance with me I had to pry her off and then she screamed at me so loudly my ears were hurting and the band stopped playing she tried to grab me by the ear like she used to when she scolded me but i slapped her hand away she screamed at me that i was embarrassing her on her day so i retorted that it wasn't her day it was never her day it was mine she yelled that she gave birth to me and that made it her day i said that wasn't how it worked and that this was my day and my day alone And then my friends all backed me up the band was even telling my mother off one even called her a hag if i recall correctly well deserved suddenly she was looking everywhere at everybody and you could see it finally click to her just how much of a scene she was making i don't know if you've ever seen everyone in a bar go dead silent while staring at one person but they did and one of the employees just pointed to the door and told her to leave The girl I'd been dancing with, seemingly on cue, also grabbed my arm and told me to just ignore my mother and have a good time. My mother then had a mental breakdown and ran out of the bar loudly, crying like a girl who just had her prom day ruined. 
My dad didn't follow instead. He just ordered another beer The rest of the evening was a blast because after the bar We all went back to my best friend's house and played old video games Drunk Mario Kart is surprisingly fun. The next time I saw my mother, she acted like the events of my 21st birthday never happened. And on my 22nd birthday, I celebrated the same way at the same bar. My mother showed up for that one too, but she didn't try and pull any of the same rubbish she did before. And she walked out in the middle of the party when I was dancing with my then girlfriends. Later that year, I moved away and my mother hasn't attended any of my birthdays since. All right, now it's pretty clear that your mother is a crazy woman, but I don't really care. I don't want to talk about that. Can we talk for a second about Drunk Mario Kart, please? Because that is elite. Listen, if you've never played before, this is what you do. You get three of your pals and you, you sit down and you prepare for the race of a lifetime. Everybody gets a beer or any drink in front of them in a full glass. And what you have to do is before finishing the race, you have to finish your drink. Now, whilst you're drinking, you cannot have your hands on the Wii Remote or the steering wheel, whatever you use. You've got to put it down Have your drink. Make sure that's finished before you cross the finish line after three laps. If not, you forfeit it. Now, the person who comes last, if you will do it correctly and finish your drinks by the time you cross the line, has to do a shot. And there you go. That is Drunk Mario Kart. Play it now and enjoy it. Parents try controlling my life and freak out when I take back control. My parents don't seem to understand what boundaries are. Since I was 11 years old, I've had problems with my parents. I'm now 18, so it's been well over seven years. Well, on a particular day in December 2021, I got in a fight with my boyfriend. We weren't screaming at each other, but I was getting angry over stupid things and started raising my voice. My mother overheard the fight since she was near my room and decided to barge into it. Instead of asking what's wrong or what's going on, she started trying to get me off the phone. I declined and asked her to leave at least three times before shutting the door in her face as she wouldn't go. She then opened my door again and started to scream at me to hand her my phone. This is where I started to get annoyed as I'm a grown adult handling my relationship. So I said no multiple times to her. This turned into a fight between my mother and I as me handling my own relationship wasn't good enough for her and she wanted to intrude on it. As my mother and I keep going back and forth, my father comes into my room. Once entering my room, he proceeds to start screaming at me to hand them my phone. I still decline. At this point, I've hung up and show them I have. But that wasn't good enough for them. They wanted to take it further and start threatening to take my car. It was a gift in 2020 and my dad is still paying it off, so it's in his name. I still said to them, no, because I haven't done anything wrong. They start getting in my face, screaming at me. I give them my phone because I'm sick of fighting with them. And no matter how much I walk away, they keep getting in my face. But since I didn't immediately hand them my phone, my dad tried reaching for my purse where my car key was. I grabbed my purse. My dad and I fought till my purse broke and he took my car key right then. I was then screamed at for around 30 minutes because I didn't hand over my stuff immediately to them. Well, fast forward a few hours and we finally sit down to talk about what happened. For a little background context, my boyfriend overheard some of the argument with my parents and knows the past of what they've done. So he doesn't like them too much, but he has been very polite and respectful to them throughout the almost two years we've been dating. Even when they treated me like absolute trash, he's kept on being respectful. No hateful comments to them and he's gone above and beyond helping me with many aspects of my life. Back to the story. My parents text my boyfriend 
after taking away all my stuff telling him I would be grounded for a while My parents never give a time of how long no matter the punishments So in a response, he told them that he feels sorry for me because of the way my parents treat me like i'm a mistake And as if i'm like my sister now, that's another story for another time Just know she's a dropout in high school did beer runs and stole frequently Had to be put in a girl's home and mental hospitals when she was a minor and is only 21 yet is having her second kid And he would gladly open his home to me So i'm not left being treated in such a fashion anymore This in turn made my parents very angry So they texted him back saying that he should keep his mouth shut and stay out of things he shouldn't be involved in before it gets bad for him But even though I didn't see the message, I was punished further for it I then had to listen to my parents degrade him as an overall human because he sent a message to them about their behavior towards me Calling him many names such as a wuss and abusive I asked them why they think he's abusive and they cited our argument that happened that day But when I told them they only heard me speaking my tone of voice, etc They tried to pull the I don't know what i'm talking about and I should shut up and listen because they know what's best I still continue to stand up for my boyfriend because he's done nothing wrong Especially not being labeled abusive He's never called me names hurt me physically or done anything in the realm of abusive My parents on the other hand have And when their behaviors are shown to other people outside of the people in my household They tend to freak out and blame the other one to be abusive Controlling and not good for me Well, I wasn't gonna take it this time and I stood up for my boyfriend Telling them he's not abusive or a wuss and that they shouldn't be calling him that They continue to try to manipulate me into thinking he was Even putting in the fact that he doesn't know what parents are like since his mum was absent in his life and his dad was an alcoholic This angered me, but I kept my composure and told them to not say that type of stuff about him But because I even defended him I then wasn't allowed to talk to him hang out with him or any of my friends till my dad got to talk face to face with my boyfriend They then also tried to take away my dream job that I was getting since i'd be working with my boyfriend's stepmom Now her giving me this was really a once in a lifetime opportunity Well, I didn't agree with any of that Especially since I wouldn't be able to get an opportunity to work in that field till after college And that my boyfriend doesn't need to talk to them about the message I see nothing wrong with it since they were called out on their bs since I didn't agree again They ended the talk and they tried to pull the you know I love and care for you card to try and breadcrumb me into forgiving them for their behavior This just fueled the hatred inside of me because they never looked at their mistakes as parents and how much over the years They've hurt me as a human Instead, they tried to be materialistic at times and get me things which I am grateful for But it doesn't excuse their behavior at the end of the night around four hours at most later They had very loud sex in their bedroom that I could hear from the kitchen This really spoke to me because they rarely have sex and this seemed disgusting Especially after what had happened that day. So in turn once I got my old phone and car back I bought a new phone for myself. I plan on getting my own phone line I blocked my father from accessing my bank account and I really haven't been home much at all And when I am i'm hiding in my bedroom. This includes my birthday, too I was in my room the whole time then went to a friend's and spent the night there to this day I barely try to talk to them and I plan on moving out very soon 
The only thing stopping me is completing high school and college. It's dual credits. I'm doing college and AP classes in high school, so I'm taking very difficult classes while also working my dream job with my boyfriend's stepmom. But that's my story. Thanks for reading it and writing it has really helped me out in a lot of ways Well op it's pretty clear to me that your parents have some pretty significant control issues Wow, I mean, I didn't even know that parents like that even existed in this world op I'm, so sorry that you've had to deal with them for your entire life Yeah, as you said looking to get out as quickly as you can Seems pretty wise. It's just very horrible Isn't it like living in your own home and feeling as if you have to hide from your own parents because they're that disgusting Ugh. Wow, what a toxic toxic place to live. I think the crazy thing is now that like op is 18 like they are an adult yet Their parents are still crazy controlling trying to get in a conversation between her and her boyfriend is actually nuts But grounding an 18 year old surely that's not I mean like you can't actually that's actually illegal if they were genuinely holding you There against your will as an 18 year old that is actually illegal Like if you called the police and they'd come they would have forced your parents to stop forcing you to stay inside Like you can't do that to an 18 year old. That's nuts now moving on to our second entitled parent story of the this episode entitled mum forced attendance to over glorified church function to show off my kid gets embarrassed this story always brings a smile to my face and i figured i'd share some semi-lightheartedness and background as an icebreaker before moving on to the more frustrating experiences while i have a decent relationship with my mother she went through a midlife crisis where she hard transitioned from a bi pseudo pagan wild child to a straight-laced and evangelized social and corporate ladder climber many things were forced upon myself and my sibling who was a couple years younger than me it seemed like our entitled mum was never satisfied as she became obsessed with presentation of our and her status and turned into a rather controlling and semi-manipulative snooty booty a quasi karen if you will the funny part is our background is humble hill folk a fact i don't let her forget ever so some highlights she subjected all my friends to moral and economic scrutiny and treated the ones whose parents weren't also adequately elevated as members of a servant class only allowing stayovers when yard work or labor was required i get picked up at 6 a.m the next day if away from home she would also pay the better off ones more for the value of their labor my girlfriends were also never up to her standards and i always caught an earful and had my interests and hobbies constantly pooped on we upgraded three houses in seven years and we swapped cars constantly to whatever made her look good for the trend of the time going from a fancy suv to a fancy sports car to a smart car to a fancy hybrid she even put a dog through college she paid someone else to take it to dog shows and finally I had no choice in whether or not I went to a four-year college despite wanting to take my gen eds at a two-year Thankfully, I didn't have to take a loan and escape portaled via the military Even then while she no longer could cajole threaten or command me to do what she wanted She was constantly pressuring me to push away old friends and my then fiance now spouse So they wouldn't drag me down and she now resorts to whining and begging as her default manipulation tactic anyway now on to the story a couple of years after i left she upgraded husbands enter stepdad and joined his large baptist church community she definitely touts the born again evangelized lifestyle and while i have no overt dislike for religion lapsed catholic having now experienced a fair chunk of the world in my travels i find many americanized christian churches or organized religion itself for that matter 
to be self-licking ice cream cones, rife with us versus themisms, and in-crowd backpatting all around. Not much outward charity, humility, or turning of the cheek to be found. In my humble opinion, her new church was no exception. With an abundance of frosty blonde hair biddy divas in white and silver sequin dresses and shawls sitting up front, all around cattily judging and rumor milling away. Fast forward, still pre-COVID, and we have a kid who's roughly one and a half years old at that point, and we go home to visit our families for the holidays. My entitled mums and stepdad's church is putting on a holiday pageant showcasing the nativity and life of Jesus. Lots of money thrown around, including an outdoor recreation of the Jerusalem market, a Roman court, a carpentry shop, and the manger with animals, all of which are fully costumed and propped. She first asks us if we'd like to go to it. We decline, as we have the kid and it's winter, have our own plans, etc. A drawn-out, cringe-filled discussion ensues, in which she admits to having already bought the tickets for us and hints the event as a partial condition to staying at her house for the visits. There may have been tears and begging involved at some point. We eventually acquiesce and attend the event, so much eye-rolling. Don't worry, I get to tell her no plenty of times. Because it's a massive church, they organize by ticket lot number. And go figure, the church elite had first pick of tickets. So they all get first go-arounds and are lumped together. So we were the second or third group at the doors. The woodshop scene was pain incarnate for anyone who knows anything about wood. The actor was running a dull block plane over an unclamped 2x4, which alternated in producing the nails on a chalkboard squeak sound and chunking into the grain, throwing the block of wood off the table to clatter at the feet of the audience. The market scene was cool and almost living history worthy, including the smell of stone oven baked bread. But we spent all of 20 seconds in there, pushing you through to the next station, not even getting to check out the market. The manger scene is where the magic happened. They had a lifted stage in the parking lots with the nativity crew and bales of straw for crowd seating below. We get seated in the front left and the actors are about in the middle of the act getting ready to present baby Jesus to the wise men when a sound to the right of stage draws my munchkin's attentions. Buck, buck. My mum was loosely holding the child who jumps off her lap and screams, Chimkins! Proceeding to dart up the steps with surprising agility, sprinting across the stage before God himself and the church notables to reach the chickens that were stuffed into wooden crates in the corner. Mum jumps up and follows the kid the long way around, not daring to break across the stage, being subjected to an even number of chuckles and haughty glares. She reaches the kid, who'd yoinked up a handful of the straw bedding and loose feathers from the crates whilst trying to pet the birds, and she attempted to carry away the now screaming toddler. In retaliation, when my entitled mum tried to calm the child down while walking back to their seat, the kid gave a single lip quiver before hitting the evil toddler button and artfully depositing the respectedly sized wad of crushed straw, bird feces, and feathers down my mum's shirts. We left about 50 minutes later because my entitled mum was starting to itch something fierce. I love my kid. Now, this story is just great because, look, nothing too serious happened. It was a funny moment and it's really good. You know, a little bit of karma. Being forced to go to an event that you don't want to go to, something you think is just way over the top and unnecessary and you'd rather just not have to do. And then your own kid becoming the center of attention and taking away from the entire point of the whole thing. 
it's just really good. Innocent, great, but it makes your entitled mum, you know, mad. And that's what we all want, really. Making entitled people feel bad. It's a good thing. They get a taste of their own medicine, surely. I mean, can you imagine how cute that is, by the way? Chimkins. That's just cute. I'm sorry. It's cute than anything else going on stage, that's for sure. Oh, and I almost forgot. Your mum having that stuff down her shirt. Wow, just brilliant. It really is. I give away a lot of my child's stuff on Facebook Marketplace for free when they outgrow it. The amount of parents that expect me to deliver it to them for free is astounding. Whenever my child outgrows something, I try to give it to another family that needs it. I usually clean the item up and post it with pickup only and a generalized area of where I live. Usually, with everything I post, I get at least one person message me a sob story about how they don't have a car and they ask me to deliver it. I don't deliver because I'm already trying to do a nice thing by giving away stuff that I could easily sell. I've given away high chairs, bouncers, ride-on cars, and once an entire kid's outdoor play castle with a slide. I had one woman ask me to deliver it and then get mad at me because I refused to put the castle on hold for her because she was going to ask around to see if someone she knew could come get it. She then demanded to know if I had any other kids' things I could give her for free because I wasted my time right now i'm trying to give away overnight pull-up diapers it's half a pack sealed it's free it says what area i'm close to so people can decide if it's too far to drive to come and get it before they message me i got one person message me asking where i live i gave them the general area and they said oh no it's too far i don't have a car but i really want this can you drop it off i live in a town that's 45 minutes away I told them I wasn't planning on driving to that town anytime soon and asked for gas money. And they replied, I thought they were free. It would be cheaper for me to just go and buy diapers. I don't have a car, so I was hoping you'd bring them to me. It's always with the kids stuff I give away for free. I'm tired of being treated like a butthole for not wanting to drive all over the place to deliver stuff for free. Look, I'm trying to be nice, but I'm not a freaking charity. Well, I guess for some people, free just isn't good enough. It's pretty crazy, right? You're literally getting this item for free. All you got to do is make a short journey to go and pick it up. Something that costs money and could be sold, but no, you're getting it for free, but you're too lazy to even do that. And not just that, you want them to deliver it to you for free. It is pretty crazy, I've got to say. Like the person saying that they could just go and buy some diapers. Yeah, of course you could, but actually you'd have to pay money to get them. These ones are free. Like, I don't get it. How is free not good enough? Now for our next story. Entitled mum gets me permanently banned from my martial arts classes for permanently disabling her son Before I start this story, I have to add a little bit of backstory I am a 19 year old male and when I was younger 14 I used to do taekwondo classes I was a black belt at the time and I really enjoyed it We had a few incidents where parents would take their aggressive kids into classes for a free trial But they were mostly dealt with by the instructor but nothing makes my blood boil like this incident. I did Taekwondo on every Tuesday and Thursday for around an hour. On Thursdays, I was in an age requirement class, which was 13 plus. So most kids had common sense and it was tougher than Tuesdays, which had no age requirements. And I was helping the instructor teach as I'd done training for it, which helped me with getting a job because I was planning on working in a place like that. So one Tuesday afternoon, 10 minutes after the class had started, an entitled mum runs up the stairs making a ruckus with her whining entitled kid. 
who looked to be around seven years old. The instructor lets me know that I'll take over for a while as he goes and assists the entitled mum and her kid. While I'm showing the class, who were mostly young kids around seven to nine, how to do a certain punch, the entitled kid bursts through the door and runs straight over to the punching bags. He proceeds to push me over as I was crouching and starts punching the bag. I stand up immediately and say to the entitled kid in a semi-unhappy tone, Hey, you can't be doing that to others. He immediately stopped punching the bag and says, I kid you not, f*** off you I stare in shock at the kid, who was younger than most people in the room, that was using language that I wouldn't even use on my worst day. The kid then skips away like nothing happened. While still in shock, I continue the class, as I would tell the instructor after he returned about the incident. I look over to the entitled kid, who was saying something to his entitled mum, which I assume was about me while she was purchasing a uniform. She stops and looks over to me in pure disgust, then says something to the instructor who had a confused look. That is when another kid grabbed my arm and asked for help with a punch. I gladly go over and help him to get out of that situation. About 10 minutes later, the entitled kid comes out of the toilets wearing a uniform with a wet stain on it already, which we can all agree on what it was, and proceeds to start talking to the other kids about his Minecraft world. Luckily, the instructor overheard this and went over to tell the kid to listen or sit out, in which he replies, fine. The instructor informs me that he will take over again and I should put the punching bags back. I do as he says and then go and grab a drink and sit down while waiting for him to call for me in a demonstration, in which he does for a certain hair grab escape. After the demonstration, the class partners up, ready to have a go with each other. Then the entitled kid comes up to me with the biggest grin on his face and asks if he can be my partner. I reluctantly agree as he pulls my arm while running into a spot and says he wants to grab my hair first. I knew exactly what he was going to do, but I gave him the benefit of the doubts. He then grabs my hair with his full force, laughs and pulls me in, to which I respond by kicking the back of his leg so that he'd fall over onto a mat by the way when he fell he decided not to let go of my hair but actually pull me down with him by doing so he pulled some of my hair out so i yelled at him saying why in the heck would you do that at this point his entitled mum looks over and says to me you little idiot get the f off my son you pedo i start to stand up while holding my head and the entitled kid starts yelling he can't feel my leg the mum comes over and whacks me straight in the face with her handbag as the instructor comes up and yells at us to get out i grab my bag and walk out the door with a giant bruise on my face now a bit later as i wait for the bus a car pulls up to me and it's none other than the entitled mum and the entitled kid themselves the mum says You'll be hearing from us very soon. My son is now permanently disabled and you're going to pay for all the bills. She then grabs a full water bottle and throws it at me, speeding off with her kid grinning. Fast forward a couple of days later and I receive an email from my taekwondo class saying I'm banned from the place for badly injuring a child and that I wouldn't receive a refund for the rest of the year's classes. Now, I'm actually writing this story because I was recently unbanned from the place as the company is running short on members and is going to shut down if they can't keep up. I hope you enjoyed my first story. 
Wow, so as I was reading that story, the whole time, pretty much, I thought I was gonna, you know, turn the camera on and talk about this horrible entitled mum and her horrible kid. But in reality, that's actually not important. What's more crazy to me than their behavior is the fact that you were banned by your own taekwondo gym whatever it's called like that is just ridiculous like i'm pretty sure your boss could see how horrible this woman and the kid was yet he bans you because the kid pulls some of your hair out and the mum just straight up lies saying that the kid was permanently disabled like get a backbone lad what are you doing it's even more shameless that he then says you know what actually yeah we're running low on members uh, i'm gonna unban you come back embarrassing what a joke like i'm sorry this guy was just willing to throw you under the bus for this karen please don't go back there op find another taekwondo dojo whatever it's called don't go back to that one that guy's an embarrassment and now for our third story of today's episode i blew up on my parents for allowing others to use my hygienic stuff for context i am an 18 year old girl and i live with my father mother my 12 year old brother and my 21 year old cousin i share a bathroom with my brother and my cousin I already clean up after them in the bathroom by rinsing out the sink, picking up their dirty clothes, and cleaning the whole thing. If they spill something and don't clean it up, I do. I've complained to my parents many times about this because it's disgusting. I'm talking very gross, like they'll pee on the floor, all over the toilet, etc. I don't want to clean up afterwards, and I shouldn't be made to clean up afterwards. However, my father always puts the burden onto me when it comes to deep cleaning the bathroom and no one else. Like I've asked them to clean it too, since they'll use the bathroom like me, but no, I'm the only one who cleans it. Well, recently I bought myself mouthwash to keep up my hygiene. I asked my cousin and brother not to use it because that's disgusting for others to use my mouthwash because of backwash and other things. It's a more expensive mouthwash, so it's got a powerful smell of mints. Pretty much, you can tell when I use it and I can tell if anyone else has. So, I walk into my bathroom and I smell the mint mouthwash. I look and the level is lower than it was this morning. I knock on my brother's door and ask if he used it. He said, no, but cousin did. It's not even yours anyway, so don't worry about it. I said, no, it is mine and don't use it. My parents started yelling, hey, hey, to try and get me to shut up. But I said, no, nobody should be using my freaking mouthwash. That's freaking disgusting. Then I close the bathroom door to use the restroom. I then hear my mother and father tell my brother, don't tell your cousin he can use the mouthwash then not even five minutes later my mum texts me saying hey let's try not to worry about petty things being overall bossy and unwilling to share isn't a good way to be so what if you bought it we're a family and we share as one i don't mean for this to make you mad it's just getting upset and uptight over material things is very petty i love you now this obviously annoyed me even more because even if they are family some things we shouldn't share as one especially hygienic things i don't mind sharing when it comes to things that can be borrowed and not cause me any trouble but hygienic things are a whole different thing so i responded with i'm not worrying about petty things but using my mouthwash isn't cool that's disgusting i don't care if i bought it or not that's just plain disgusting it's like using my toothbrush and that isn't okay that is exactly what i was gonna say i wouldn't care if it isn't something hygienic but it is so i'm gonna get upset over it me asking who's used it and asking them not to use it is perfectly fine if you want to get them their own mouthwash all power to you but i don't want mine used that is so disgusting 
Mum never responded to my message, but I know I'll continue to be upset at her for allowing my brother and cousin to use my hygienic things. Oh, and also some extra detail. I forgot to mention this earlier, but this is also what makes me even more annoyed at them. I have a heart problem of some sorts. I'm not sure yet, haven't got it medically figured out, but if I get sick with anything or have any diseases and stuff transferred to me by them using my hygienic products, it could cause me massive heart pain. Any added stress does as well. That's why I'm very serious about keeping my stuff to myself and communicating well on it. I can't afford to get sick as it causes me worry of my heart. This problem's been going on for over six months now and my whole family knows about it, but then they choose to do this sort of stuff and risk it with me. Wow, well that makes it even worse. The fact that in the first place they know how conscious you are over your health, but then, you know, they also know about your heart condition and that getting ill will really have an impact on your life. A serious, very risky impact. And they still use your hygienic things? Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. Especially after you've told them. Look, don't get me wrong, I agree. You should share with your family the majority of things. That's absolutely fine. But stuff like, yeah, mouthwash, toothpaste, just... I don't know anything like that. That's disgusting to share. It's also very very strange Don't do that and don't force your kids to do that weird My dad is driving me crazy while I try and grieve So my husband unexpectedly passed away just over a week ago and to top it off a week to the day of his passing I got COVID. We have five amazing children together who are special needs and I was blessed with two amazing stepsons. My dad, who is 81 years old, is a narcissist who's always believed he can control me. For example, he once threatened to have me placed in a psych ward, even though I was an adult, if I didn't do as he wanted. Due to this, I'm screening his calls during this period and what calls we do have are small and brief. The other day, I was dealing with my husband's affairs and I get an abusive voice message with him yelling at me that my phone doesn't work. Then today, he calls me and I reassured him that even though I'm sick, I'm okay. He responds with, you sound sad. Well, yes, I'm sad. My husband's gone and I miss him. My dad replies, well, you can't be sad. You've got kids you need to care for. Now, this was not said in a it will be okay voice, but a get over it kind of way. I lost it. I yelled that I'm allowed to be upset, that my husband is dead, but yes, I know I have children to think of and that they are my priority. I found it so ironic as he always put his second wife before his own children. The first phone call I'd had with him after my husband passed, he kept going on about how he was feeling and how this made him feel and what he needed to do. Mind you, he'd only met my husband back in August and my husband avoided him unless it was to support me. I also found out he's been calling my brother, complaining that I'm not talking to him and how I'm neglecting his needs. I've rang his residence and support services and explained the situation and told them to step up as I'm stepping out at the moment. Get this bloke out of your life. Like, who cares who he is? Why is he going on about his needs and all that rubbish? I mean, it doesn't matter. Why has he got no compassion? It's very, very strange. Like, your own daughter's husband has just died. Your son-in-law? And you're like, oh, don't care, get over it. Be there for the kids. Crazy, that. Like, literally, I'm sorry, but like, the last thing you need right now is this guy in your life. Go no contact. It sounds like you're trying to anyway. Yeah, don't visit him. Tell him to F off. Wow, what a terrible person. Now for our next story. My mum threw away half of my clothes while I wasn't home. I am a 19-year-old girl, and my mum always tends to be overdramatic and entitled, often using the I pay for everything you have and I can take it all away argument if I try and disagree with her. 
But we recently got into a fight because I just couldn't keep my mouth shut She's always nagging me to get rid of my clothes because I have a lot of them Not a strange amount It's just my closet is small and they don't all fit in there and my dresser is also overflowing But I pay for all of them and I love all of them and they're not hurting anybody Most of them are nice and pricey too I grew up around my dad's family and they've always been lower middle class So I never had nice clothes Now I buy myself nice clothes regularly because I love being able to afford them and I love wearing them My mum, however says I don't wear all of them and need to get rid of half of them Which is hypocritical because she spends hundreds of dollars a month on clothes and also has more than she could ever store or wear Lately, I've been working a lot and doing school. So my room has gotten a little messy I decided to clean it and noticed that I was missing a ton of clothes Some stuff that I loved and wore all the time I was able to write a list of specific items I was missing and everything I told my mum about it and she said Wow, that's crazy We'll have to look for those tomorrow They're probably somewhere in the house A few nights ago, she was at work And I was looking for a shirt I wanted to wear to a party I couldn't find it anywhere and I was getting stressed Feeling like I was going crazy because all my clothes were gone and nobody knew where they went I asked my stepdad about it and he told me that my mum had gone through my room weeks prior And bagged up a ton of clothes indiscriminately Saying i'd never notice and that I had too many and that I should have listened to her when she said to get rid of them He told me she made him take two bags full to goodwill while she was bagging up another He said that he'd been waiting for me to ask because he didn't think it was okay and he wanted to tell me He just didn't want to tell me directly because he promised her he wouldn't I was livid I went through her room to see if there were any left and I went through the entire house Nothing She got home and I was crying an absolute mess because some of the clothes she got rid of were sentimental to me She was mad at me for being mad and I called her out saying I know what she did and there was no use trying to lie about it I told her I paid for my stuff and she had no right to get rid of any of it and she was so entitled It didn't even make sense I told her to stay away from my room and anything that I paid for with my money because it's not her business And if she ever touched my things again, i'd move out and she'd never see me or our dog again She absolutely despises my dad and his family So I threatened to move in with them and never speak with her again Then I left She had one bag of clothes left that she hadn't yet taken to goodwill and she put it in my room while I was gone But it wasn't enough. I wanted all of my clothes back not just the few she could scrounge up She probably took about 300 to 400 dollars worth of clothes Clothes that I worked hard to be able to pay for and then got mad at me for accusing her of stealing But what else could it be called? She hasn't apologized, but she's not yelling anymore I'm not down to forget this ever happened though I told her it's not her business what I do with my money and she needs to butt out and I expect an apology Now, i'm sorry op you deserve much more than just a little trashy apology You deserve 300 to 400 dollars or actually even more because some of the clothes that your mum has given away are sentimental And you know, you can't really buy that can you it doesn't have a price So look if I were you i'd be asking for 500 dollars at least from your mum to pay for all the clothes that she's just Got rid of for no real reason. Like what actually is she doing? It's very strange and as you say very hypocritical I would say though try and find your clothes like you know, they're in a goodwills, right? Try and find your local one They may still be in there or at least some of 
other clothes will be there you can buy them back cheap but definitely get money off your mum an apology is not good enough she is an absolute cow what is with this woman also your stepdad's a little rat by the way I mean, it's a bit harsh but he is why is he, he he said he knew he was in the wrong right for taking the clothes to goodwill but he still did it like is he just absolutely whipped by your mum clearly he is but a bit snaky come on lad expected better from you the mum's crazy but you saying oh yeah sorry i was gonna ask you but i, I didn't because i didn't want to upset your mum you're pal that is all you are and that's all you'll ever be and now for our third story entitled mum's son tried to trample my kid at a trampoline park this happened last weekend and i'm still angry about the whole thing my husband and i decided to take our child to have some fun at the small trampoline park we have in our city now our child is very young but old enough to be allowed inside the park it's important to know that there is a small area for smaller children but all areas of the park are clearly marked with height requirements. Not once did we take our child out of the designated areas for them. One area of the park had these smaller trampolines all next to each other. One cool feature was they had trampolines against the walls so people could really bounce around. One important rule was only one person was allowed per trampoline and you're not allowed to bounce in another person's square. This is important. The park is semi-busy and we picked the far corner of the park to take our child to bounce. My husband is bouncing with our child and i'm just hanging back taking pictures and videos i've got bad knees i don't do well on trampolines here enters the entitled kid this boy is bouncing around all over the place screaming and yelling yeah look it's a trampoline park but this kid was freaking obnoxious his mum, the entitled mum of the story was just sitting on a bench playing on her phone and hardly looking at her kid the boy was constantly going into others personal spaces cutting lines to the fun obstacle courses and even pushing kids out of his way i saw an employee try and talk to the entitled mum twice but she just seemed to ignore her why she wasn't kicked out then and there i have no idea the only reason i even saw all this was because the boy and his screaming was pretty hard to miss my husband and child are having a ball bouncing around my child is laughing and content to just stay in their little trampoline square my kid didn't even care about bouncing into other squares now here is where the entitled kid messed up the boy begins bouncing around the small trampolines not looking or caring about anyone else in the area he cut into several other people's areas constantly breaking the rules i'm angry it wasn't my intention to be a karen about it but i found an employee and told them that i'm scared for my kid's safety as well as the other kids in the area then i heard the screaming i turned to see my husband trying to comfort our kid who was screaming their head off while huddled on the bottom of his trampoline the entitled kid was still laughing and bouncing around i don't even think and rush forward to my kid i asked what happened and my husband who is infuriated tells me the entitled kid was bouncing around and my husband asked him to be careful because our child was bouncing in the square next to him well the kid ignored him and jumped right into the same square my kid went flying into the air and fell hard onto the trampoline the entitled kid laughed and continued bouncing around had our child not been hurt my husband and i probably would have tried to kill the kid the employee also angry rushed to the entitled mum, who was still sitting down ignoring her own kid i couldn't hear what the employee initially said but the entitled mum stood and clearly looked angry why the hell do i have to leave my son's done nothing wrong the employee replies now loud and very angry your kid's been breaking the rules ever since he started bouncing We should have made you leave earlier, but I was too nice about it and I tried to give you the chance to parent your kid. 
Now is her another child. You need to take your son and leave now. The entitled mum looks in our direction and I'm glaring as my child is still crying in my arms. That kid is too young for this park anyway. Those parents should have never brought them here. That child is within the height requirements for the park. Enough is enough. Take your son and leave before I call the police, replied the employee. There was a lot more cussing out of the entitled mum, but she ultimately took her now screaming and crying kid and left. Unfortunately, our child wasn't really up for bouncing after that. So we decided to leave. We were at that park for less than 30 minutes. The employee did come over to apologize for not making them leave earlier and she gave us vouchers for free entry next time we want to come and bounce. Our child is okay. A couple of bruises, but nothing major. McDonald's and ice cream made them feel better. But I hope I never see that entitled mum and her kid again. If I do, I'll probably try and strangle them. Look guys, those of you that know me well will know that I'm not the biggest fan of murder. But in this case, it seems very reasonable and logical. Get it done. Get these guys out of here. I mean, wow. One comment here says, super glue the hands to her phone and her butt to the chair. Yeah, that seems reasonable as well. Entitled lady calls me the R word. Instantly banned from the only two stores in our town. Growing up, I struggled a lot with math. I just couldn't make it work. And as a result, I was often called stupid, useless, and the infamous R word by my tutors. And often locked in a room by myself during math class, so they didn't even have to deal with me from first to 10th grade. This obviously had a negative effect on me. Hearing that word now instantly throws me back to those horrible years and how I was treated. I was diagnosed with dyscalculia or math dyslexia when I was 24 years old. I am 27 now. This incident happened in December. For some context, the lady that called me the R word had been a regular customer for a long, long time. Long before I even started working at the store three years ago. But it was only about two years ago that she started to treat me the way that she did She was always a bit grumpy and rude, but nothing unusual about two years ago I was falsely accused of stealing money from our elderly neighbor by her relatives Which turned out to be a lie the elderly lady. Let's call her mary who has passed away Was an old family friend of ours in a way like a third grandmother to me as she was a close friend of my maternal grandmother and she celebrated birthdays and Christmases with us. She had simply lent a small sum of money to me so I could pay off some debts. And by the time these accusations began to make their way around town, I'd already paid the amount back. I've got a whole list of other stories about her deadbeat entitled relatives, but that is for another time. But the entitled lady of this story is one of those who judges you despite having all the facts. She decided to go from disliking me to absolutely hating me in a matter of a day one day after these rumors began to spread she began to become extremely agitated for instance if i asked her if she wanted a receipt she would roll her eyes and snap of course i'm a regular here and you know i always want my receipts when it comes to the likes of you i knew that however it is store policy to ask if they want a receipt as it is in all stores She also cussed me out for being too kind to a child who had gone into the pick and mix and taken some candy and proceeded to cuss out the mother, telling her, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I guess you wouldn't know that wherever you're from. The woman was a woman of color. Not that it matters, but it seemed clear to me that she said it with racist intent 
and she reported me to the boss for not taking it seriously enough I did take it seriously I talked to the mother who then told her son why that was not an okay thing to do And I shut down the pick and mix to clean it out and sanitize it The entitled lady would also not acknowledge me at all Even if I said hello to her at the store keeping her head down and avoiding the area that I was in Not that it bothered me that much In fact, I found it a bit amusing that my mere existence would trigger someone so bad for no legitimate reason whatsoever Until this December December is a busy month for our little grocery store The only one out of two in our town and of course it was a hectic day with a lot of customers I had already been at work for a few hours when this entitled lady came through to the checkout I process her groceries and at the end of the transaction I ask her if she wants the receipts. This is how it went down. Would you like the receipt, mom? She looks me dead in the eye. I have a question for you. Yes, mom? Are you just dense or are you completely re- I was actually so stunned, I just stared at her for a moment. Before I could react though, another sweet old lady snapped at her. (gasps) What kind of language is that? How dare you? I'm a regular at the store. She should remember who I am and my needs. It doesn't matter if you're a regular. It's her job to ask. It's not her job to be spoken to like that. I don't trust her. She stole money from Mary. I knew Mary and I know OP. Mary was like a third grandmother to her. She wouldn't dream of doing something like that. Shame on you. By now, I was on the verge of tears and I excused myself as I called for my coworker leaving the checkout to go hide in the break room where I instantly broke down in tears. 15 or so minutes later, my manager comes into the break room. I tell her my side of the story and how the woman behaved in general towards me. She then tells me to take the day off to calm down and talk to my therapist and said that she would find someone to cover my shift. She knows my history and she was actually the one who suggested that I get tested for dyscalculia when I started working for her and to not worry about the entitled lady. It was my last shift of the year, so I didn't hear what had happened until I came into work just a few days ago. I was told that the woman had been banned from the store. The sweet old lady, plus a bunch of other witnesses in the line, had testified to my manager about her outburst and were outraged. This allowed her to go to higher ranks to have the woman banned indefinitely. The other grocery store up the street from us caught wind of the incident and decided to ban her as well. Apparently, I wasn't the only store clerk who she terrorized in the area. The entitled lady now has to drive for over an hour to get to a grocery store. Well, at least this story had a very positive ending. It's a shame that you had to be terrorized for this to happen in the first place, OP. But now, think of the inconvenience for this woman for the rest of her life if she decides to stay in the area. One hour drive, return trip, just to get groceries. That is terrible. Very much deserved, but terrible nonetheless. I also love that other people in the store stood up for you. It would have been so much easier for the sweet old lady not to say anything, but, you know, she was super brave, stood up for you, and for people in general i guess in a way or people with dyslexia dyscalculia stuff like that and put a foot down and say you know what you can't say that that is wrong you're a disgrace get out of her now moving on to our second post now this one comes from r slash entitled people hr expects me to work for free i completed my graduation from a pretty prestigious university in my country and moved back home as my parents weren't doing so well although i had an attractive degree 
I had no previous job experience or connections as everyone I knew moved on from the dead-end city I was living in. I applied for internships and tried walk-ins to no avail. Finally, a friend shared a job posting for a sales job at a prestigious publishing firm. Not a job I was going for at all, but at that point in time, I was desperate. I go in for the interview and had a great time meeting the team. There were a total of three rounds with people being cut at each. Now, the stipend they were offering was already extremely low, $215 a month. But I figured I could move on to better places or even go higher up in the company with time. Within a couple of days, they called me with a job offer. I was absolutely ecstatic as I could finally start contributing to the house, albeit quite measly. We discussed timings, shifts, and then just as she was about to hang up, I asked, the salary is the same as what was posted on the job site right she said though that she had no idea what i was talking about she was the hr and that i should be grateful for getting a step in so early in my career she went on about the training they provide which would cost me thousands anywhere else again it was a sales job the connections i would make and the exposure finally she said that i was expected to work for free at this point i was speechless and asked for how long She said at least six months until I could prove my mettle. I politely said no and the floodgates came loose. With her calling my generation entitled, how we didn't value work, expected to be given everything on a plate, ETC. At this point, I simply hung up. She called me a couple of times more, but I ignored them until she called me a third time, offering me $100 a month. I said no, more yelling, I blocked her a couple of months later my uncle who lived in the national capital and had a business decided to open a chain in the city and recruited me to help around the business and learn and yes he did pay me much more than i deserved to be honest i also updated my linkedin profile a few days passed by and my uncle called me to the office turned his desktop around so i could see a message it was the hr woman from before messaging my uncle about how rude unprofessional and destructive i was and how i left them hanging costing the company valuable resources i was speechless and after i told him the whole story we had a good laugh needless to say i blocked her from my linkedin after that all right so let me get this straight three rounds of interviews for a sales job in which you're expected to earn zero dollars for six months that is ludicrous what's even crazier is that they said initially on the website that you would be getting money now look don't get me wrong it wasn't a lot it was what 250 dollars or something per month the maximum they went to was 100 dollars a month what's that 25 dollars a week about four dollars a day is that enough to live on are you joking now like i don't want to do even more maths here but i will because say you were working nine to five eight hours a day that would be 50 cents Per hour that is less than you would get from walking around the streets of the city and looking for coins on the floor are you re- sorry that's ridiculous hey i gotta say by the way thank god it was your uncle's company who you were working for and not some other company who may well have believed what this woman was saying i'm sure if she's coming from a reputable company like the one she works for and is the head of the hr department that would worry me as an employer but wow the fact that she is just going on a tirade trying to cancel your entire career terrible lucky though that your uncle knew you well enough to know that was all a load of rubbish good for you for not taking the job now moving on to our third post neighbor lets herself in while i am home alone i was to my knowledge alone and taking a shower as my parents had gone out to run an errand 
I had the window in the shower slightly ajar so that I could hear when my parents pulled into the driveway and opened the front door. About five minutes later, I heard the front door open and shut. My first thought was, oh, my parents are home. And I continued my shower. Foolish as I am, I didn't think twice about the fact that I didn't hear the car pull in. I finished not long after and I walked out the bathroom fully clothed, thankfully, and began skipping to the living room. Then, on the couch, seated, was a middle-aged woman who I definitely didn't know, drinking some of my older sister's juice, meaning she'd been in our fridge unconsented. I was a bit too stunned to speak, not scared per se, as this woman looked harmless and appeared to be unarmed. I tried to reach my phone on the dining table to call the police, but she stood up and blocked me. I could apprehend her if necessary, but this woman easily looked like one of my mother's clients, and my mum has a tendency of letting people over without informing me beforehand, so I thought that this could be another instance, and therefore I wasn't overly concerned. The following conversation ensued. The woman said, You look just like your mother. Uh, I look nothing like my mother. Oh, but you have your brother's eyes. I don't have a brother. Ah, then you're your father's daughter. You would know better than me. I haven't seen him in five years. Now this was false, but I wanted to see if she knew this. Well, who are you? Yeah, that's my question. Why are you in my house? Your house? You're a child. Don't speak to me like that. Where are your parents? No joke. This woman really had the audacity to say this. That is none of your concern. Now kindly leave before I call the authorities. You, you, what kind of people raise such a snobby Excuse me, mind your manners in my home. Move aside, please. I step around her and brush her with my shoulder as I grab my phone. The woman begins banshee screaming that I've assaulted her by shoving her aside. I get my phone out to call my parents when I then hear the garage door open. I thank whatever lord there is and rush to the door. I run to my dad and started babbling about the strange woman who trespassed into our home while I was showering and less than 20 minutes later, cops are pulling up to our home and the woman is escorted to the station. My dad actually told her to stay put if she didn't want him to press any charges. We then find out that she is our new neighbor and this was her attempt at getting to know us. I am mortified and express my opinion to my dad that he should press charges. After a quick look at our home security cameras, our case was proclaimed valid and my dad is pressing charges. I don't know the mechanics or specifics of it all, but I'm happy he took my opinion into consideration. Now guys, I reckon the majority of you right now are thinking the same thing as me. OP, why didn't you just lock the door? But look at this comment. I'll put it up on screen right now. OP is edited and left this. I see the same comment that the door was not locked. It was. I swear, I made sure everything was locked before I got in the shower. We have a very quiet lock on our front door, but a very creaky door itself. That is why I heard the door open. I honestly have no clue how she undid the lock. I'm sorry if I implied that I had left the door open, but no, that wasn't the case. My dad would never allow me. So with that all being said, answer me this, guys. Comment down below if you will. How on earth did this woman get in the house? Through the door, we know that for sure. But how does she unlock it? Unless OP actually left it unlocked. But what are the chances of that? I know that I wouldn't do that. My parents are big on locking the door as well, as parents probably should be. And I know that there's a very small chance that on the one occasion I would leave the door unlocked, just forgetting it, somebody would walk in. It's too much of a coincidence. This woman must have done something. What do you reckon she did? How do you reckon she got in the door? 
please do comment down below. With that all being said, though, she's definitely very crazy. I think we can all agree on that. That's weird. Entitled mum jumps to conclusions, thinks girlfriend is pregnant, and has epic meltdown. This is a retro one from the late 90s and the days of prevalent landline telephones. I, a 19-year-old man, was home with my parents over Christmas break from college. My girlfriend, who was 18 at the time, was a freshman and I was a sophomore. My home was a three-hour drive from our college. Our school conducted sorority rush for freshman women who chose to participate at the end of Christmas break. So she had gone back a few days early to go through the process. My girlfriend and her friend group all targeted a single sorority where they wanted to land and decided to pursue that when the time came. It was, to my immature 19-year-old mind, the best sorority. I'd already gone into a fraternity a year earlier when I was a freshman. As was the case in those days, she called every night during the process to tell me how it had gone. I knew she'd definitely call on the fourth night because that is when they found out which sororities gave them bids and then they had to choose. So she calls the house line and my entitled mum picks up. My entitled mum was unaware that my girlfriend was going through rush. I wasn't trying to hide it, but it's just not something we'd discussed as mother and son for whatever reason. Anyhow, when my entitled mum picks up, my girlfriend is clearly distraught and crying. My mum yells up for me to pick up the landline phone in my room, and I do. My girlfriend did not get into her preferred sorority. She received bids to all of the other good ones. I know this seems stupid, vapid, and privileged as an adult, but to an 18-year-old, this can seem like a terrible event. She was sobbing and looking for comfort. As we're talking, my entitled mum comes rushing into my room, screaming, She's crying! Did you get her pregnant? Is she pregnant? My mum then proceeds to kick me and tell me, You've ruined my reputation and our family's reputation. So I have a sobbing girlfriend on the phone and an entitled mum who is absolutely losing her head, trying to literally kick my butt behind me. I hung up the phone, told my entitled mum to get out and that it was nothing as substantial as an unplanned pregnancy and to GTFO my room, which she did in embarrassment. I then called my girlfriend back, consoled her, helped her plan which sorority she wanted, and then turned my attention back to my entitled mum. She was supremely embarrassed, but defensive, saying, I was just concerned about you. I told her not to jump to conclusions in the future, but she was exceptionally defensive of her stupid actions. This was my first lesson that my entitled mum was not meant to be a parent to adult children, and it ultimately led to me going low contact with her a few years later. Yeah, uh, your mum's a bit weird, mate, is what I will say off the bat. I'm not sure how she's reached that strange conclusion just from hearing your girlfriend crying. Like, come on, there are other things to cry about that aren't as serious as this. I don't really understand why her mind just jumped to that, but hey, it did. And clearly she is enough of a problem as a parent. Um, The OP is just like, you know what? Nah, I'm happy to take care of myself now. We'll go no contact. Thanks. Uh, I'm kind of done with you. It's just weird. Like there could have been a million other reasons for your girlfriend to be crying, but no, she's pregnant. Why? I don't understand. Now moving on to our second story. Entitled mum accuses me of trying to poison her baby by purchasing a gallon of store brand milk. The Northeast had a delightful form of winter weather last night into today, resulting in a nice two inch thick glaze of ice all over everything. I set out after dinner with the goal of clearing the driveway and that rapidly proved to be more trouble than it was worth. So I settled for clearing out a path of my car to turn around in because it needed to be plugged in. Doing that much nearly killed me, but I got it done. 
I figured since I'm moving the car anyway, I may as well run to the convenience store for some essentials before I plug in the car and collapse. On my way down the street, I notice my new neighbor is out clearing his driveway and I stopped to ask if they need anything at the store. He says he would very much appreciate me grabbing a gallon of milk for their baby. I ask if there's any special kind he needs. He says no, just a gallon of whole milk. I tell him no problem and proceed on mission. Getting to the store was only dicey in a couple of spots because two inches of ice makes everything more fun. I run in, grab what I need and the gallon of milk, then make the trek back home. I stop in front of my neighbor's house, milk in hand, and see no neighbor. I figure he's around back or something, so I walk up their icy steps and knock on the door. My neighbor's wife answers the door, and I hand her the gallon of milk. She looks very puzzled and says, thank you. I say no problem and start the stagger back down the steps. Not even halfway down the four steps to their front door, and I hear, are you kidding me? Are you trying to poison my baby? I experienced a curious blend of puzzlement and alarm and I turn around to look back at the woman who is now thrusting the milk back out at me with a furious expression on her face. I only see milk, no poison. She then clarifies that the milk isn't organic and likely contains all these horrible pesticides and growth hormones and I need to take it back right now. I just say, oh, my bad. Grab the milk from the woman and get back into my car and finish the drive home. If it entailed more effort or cost me more than $3, I probably would have gotten angry about it. But it's not worth getting mad over people's BS, so I mostly shrugged it off. I just divested myself of all the snow gear, took a shower, and demolished a bowl of cereal in front of the TV. Right around when I was comparing the merits of not moving versus getting up to refill my bowl, my people proximity detectors went off and started balking like crazy. In between balks, I could hear a rather timid series of door knocks. Well, that solves the debate, and I managed to get between my dogs and the door and opened it to see a sheepish-looking lady neighbor, literal hat in hand. Her husband is standing on my walkway with a baby in his arms and a ferocious thundercloud riding his brow. She starts to explain that she thought I was a grocery delivery service. She didn't recognize me in the hat with a red face, and she's very sorry and they very much need the milk, and here's $5 for my trouble. I tell her she can keep her money, and she's welcome to the milk, but I had a little bit of it to go with my cereal. I'll go and grab it right now. I shut the door in the interest of my fuzzy alarms, not bowling through the door to greet their new best friends, deposit the bowl in the sink, and grab the gallon of milk. On the way back up the stairs, the bad idea fairy wraps me firmly on the head with his wand, and I pause to grab a sharpie. I cross out the milk portion of the 100% milk label and write poison underneath. I then open the door and hand over the now correctly labeled container to the wife and wish them a safe trip home. She sees my corrected label and turns beet red. Then she turns and walks down the stairs and I can see the husband read the label, connect some mental dots and then start laughing before the door shuts and I go back to whimpering in front of my TV. It'll be interesting to see how they are moving forward. The problem that I've got with this story and with this woman is that the lady validated what she was saying and how she was saying it because she thought you were a grocery store worker or delivery driver. That doesn't make it okay to speak to someone like that. In fact, if anything, it makes it worse. Like you're just looking down on people because they're a delivery driver and you feel the need or you feel allowed to speak to them like that. Nah, that's not on. You shouldn't talk to someone in a certain way just because you believe they're of a higher status or your neighbor or whatever. Like it's just ridiculous. I'm sorry, but it takes a sort of person to 
say, oh, no, it's their job. You can deal with the abuse. Like, you don't need to be abusive to somebody just because it's their job. It's a very, very strange mentality. Almost a weird mentality, I'd say. That's enough of that. Let's move on. And now for our final post. Hit a bike, lose your house. Many years ago, in a land a few blocks away, I loved to ride my bicycle. Single mother, no car. It was nothing really special, but it got me all over town. I mostly kept on sidewalks because traffic can be filled with too many entitled drivers. I got to a corner and saw a car coming up the side street to the stop sign. The driver slowed way down, so I assumed he would stop where he was supposed to. He didn't. My bad, because I'd already started to ride my bike off the curb into the street in front of him. You guessed it, crunch. I squirmed my way from under the rest of my bike and the car and started checking myself for injuries. Just a bruised knee, so I was very lucky. The driver got out of the car and yelled at me for being in his way. He didn't ask if I was okay, and I yelled at him for running a stop sign. A passerby checked on me and called the police. While I was safely back on the sidewalk with the passerby, the driver pulled his car about five or six feet forward, dragging my bike. I think he knew he was in trouble, so he altered the accident site to look like he was already around the corner. Because when the police came, that's what he told them. He said he stopped, proceeded around the corner, and I just barreled out into his path. The police officer asked for my story, and I asked him to ask the driver to back his car up a bit, and I'd show the officer exactly where we both were at the time of the accidents. He was wondering how I could be so positive. But then, once the driver moved his car, I pointed to the scrapes in the street that my bike had made when I was hit. The driver got a ticket, and I got his information. I wrote several letters to him, asking him to replace my bike, but he ignored them. I finally had to take him to small claims court to be compensated for my squished bike. He didn't show up. The judge reviewed all my evidence and awarded me the cost of a new bike, plus pain and suffering for my bruised knee. The court served him those papers, but he ignored them too. Now I'm frustrated. No money, no bike. And now the real entitlement begins. I found another secondhand bike and started riding around again. I decide to pedal by the driver's house just because I'm curious and there's a full sale sign on his lawn. So he's trying to move and make a getaway just to avoid paying me. I went home, gathered all my paperwork regarding the judgment and head to the courthouse. There, I filed a lien against his house for the judgment amount. Then I called his realtor and informed her of the judgment and lien. She called the driver. Now, Six months or so after the accident, I finally hear from the driver. He called and threatened me over the phone, telling me he had witnesses who could prove I was wrong about how the accident happened. I informed him that the time to have brought those witnesses was at the court date, which he missed. He told me that I'd better take the lien off the house. I refused. He tried to tell me he could sell it, then he would pay me. I told him that's not the way it works. Pay me and I take the lien off. He growled something and hung up on me. Two months later, I get a call from the realtor who wants to stop by and drop off a check. I sign the lien release and get a cashier's check and my kids had a great Christmas. Wow, that is very embarrassing from this man. Look, obviously he doesn't want to get in trouble and I understand that, but you have to be accountable for your actions and trying to fake an accident where it happened anyway and then trying to sell your house just so you can move and not pay a little bit of money as a fine. It was only a ticket, right? It wasn't criminal. It wasn't, you know, going to prison or being arrested. Just a little small fine. Is that really worth selling your house for so you don't have to get proved wrong and missing court days, etc., etc.? Very embarrassing. Grow some cojones, my friend. It's not that deep. 
and you almost caused a serious accident. Hold yourself accountable. Hey, I would say this guy is probably the sort of person that you do not want to run into, given that he doesn't have a problem with running into other people. Um... What a shambles of a man. Entitled mother tries to get her name on my car. Hello, everyone. I recently posted a story about my husband's entitled stepmother, and the encouraging responses I received have given me the courage to post about my entitled mother. If you read my other post, you will have a sense of how entitled the Karen in that story was. But my entitled mother makes her look like Mother Teresa. Not kidding. I'm 46 now, but this story begins when I was 14. The backstory is long and the story itself spans 18 months. So this is going to be a very long one. Sorry in advance. Don't apologize. Here we go. First off, the backstory. I'm the youngest of three kids. I have two older brothers and my mother really shouldn't have had children. I later realized that she is a sociopath. But as a kid, I only knew she was a huge manipulator and was a great actress. She did evil things and could turn on the tears when appropriate and play the victim. My grandparents were wonderful people and sadly were just blind to their children's bad behavior. My mother was the oldest of three children and she had two younger brothers and they were all terrible adults. My grandparents built a second house on their property for my mother and stepfather, who was just as evil as my mother. We technically lived with my mum and stepdad in that second house, but it was my grandparents who really took care of us. They paid the bills for both houses, grew a garden, and put food on both tables. My grandparents bought our school clothes and were the ones that got us Christmas presents from Santa each year. My grandmother would actually get up each morning, walk to our house, get us all up out of bed, dressed, and walk us to the bus stop, and made sure we got on the bus. We'd come home from school and go to grandma's house for snacks, to do homework, play, and we wouldn't really go to the second house until it was time to go to bed. My mother and stepdad both worked a job and knew how to blow through money and cry poor to my grandparents, who would pay the bills for the sake of the grandkids. My grandparents were wonderful people who really loved us, but were sadly just plain naive about my mother and the abuse she subjected me and my brothers to. When my mother married my stepfather, me and my brothers were very young and i don't have but a few memories of my biological father my mother enrolled us into school with the last name of my stepfather and i just always assumed that my stepfather had adopted us it wasn't until my oldest brother got his driver's permits and i saw that his last name on the license was that of my biological father's that i started asking questions my oldest brother was three years older than me and told me that his birth certificate said his last name wasn't that of our stepfather's And so I asked if mine and my other brother's name were the same. He just told me that he didn't know. But I did some sneaking around when no one was home and found my birth certificate and social security card. And they both showed that my last name was that of my biological father's. That meant that I was 12 years old when I found out what my real name was. As we grew up, I watched as my mum would take my brother's earnings from their jobs. And even though each of them had bought their own vehicles, she got her name on their titles and then would threaten to take away their cars if she didn't get what she wanted. So now you have an idea of who she is. And this now leads me to my story. I got a job waiting tables when I was 14. Yes, I was technically not old enough to work, 
but sometimes you do what you have to do I was paid in cash for my hours and of course my tips My grandparents made sure I got to and from work and I saved every bit of cash I could from my mother She took some of my money unfortunately, but I was able to hide away most of it I worked 40 or more hours a week and went to school as well and made good grades I didn't mind working so much because it got me out of the house and the more I worked the more I made Fast forward a year and i'm at my best friend's house and we were having a conversation that went like this I'm going to get my permit in six months and I need to figure out how to get a car I've saved quite a bit of money, but i'm not sure how to actually get one. My best friend replied I don't know either. How much money do you have? Well, i've saved about two thousand dollars by the time i'm 15 and a half I should have at least 2.5k or more if I keep working the hours I work now That's a lot. You should be able to get something with that surely Yeah, but I don't know much about cars and I can't ask grandma or grandpa because they'll tell my mum and then she take the car from me now my best friend's dad who has been listening this whole time gets involved in the conversation hey op i have a motor and transmission sitting in my garage that i can't use didn't you once say that your grandfather has a garage yeah he's got a large garage that he uses to fix his cars tractors and other mechanical things that need fixing so if you had the parts he's got the space and tools to fix a car yeah i suppose so what are you doing this weekend i'm having to work the morning shift on saturday but i get off at 1 p.m can you come over after you get off work yes why i think i can help you with your problem but don't say anything to anyone okay so saturday rolls around and i get off work now when my grandpa picks me up i asked if he would drive me to my friend's house so we can do some homework i was good at maths and she was good at science and we'd help each other out with homework because i sucked at science and she sucked at maths he said sure and drove me over and dropped me off I go in the house and there is my best friend and her dad both ready to go out the dad said we're going shopping this is going to be great said my friend but what are we actually shopping for i questioned i'll tell you in the car on the way let's just go we get into the car and as we are driving to town the dad explains that the transmission and motor in his garage had come from a family member's car who had died and the car itself was trashed but they were able to pull the motor and transmission which were fine now they scrapped the car but they didn't really have a use for the motor or transmission he said that he spent a hundred dollars to replace a few parts on the motor that needed replacing he said that if i wanted the motor and transmission he would sell them to me for a hundred dollars and that our trip to town today was to find a car that would fit it i told him okay this wonderful man drove me and my friend to a local junkyard to find a car He had connections with several junk car owners and knew that one of them had a car that would fit the motor and transmission he had and was in great condition and he was actually thinking of buying the car for himself but when he heard about me trying to get a car he thought it would be better for me we arrive at the junkyard and i'm thinking there's no way i'm going to get a car here but where in the back of the yard was this 1979 chevy monte carlo that was beautiful it was just a shell of a car no motor transmission tires or anything but the car itself was perfect no dents and the paint was still in great condition i actually couldn't believe how pretty the car was a metallic brown the dad explains to me that i can get the car motor and transmission and he would take me to town with a parts list and i can buy all the parts he would arrange to have the car and all parts delivered to my grandparents house but only if i thought i could convince my grandfather to put it together i told him that i was on board so 
I bought the car shell and had to get the front and rear axles and rims from another car at the same junkyard. The dad made sure that the owner listed me as the buyer on the bill of sale. This will come into play later. And then for the rest of the day, he took me to parts stores to get all the parts I would need, including tires. Now I did offer to pay the dad for gas, but he wouldn't take any money from me. I was nervous about going down this route, but the dad knew exactly what he was doing. And he even helped me to track down the original owner of the car to sign over the title to me. Now, I'm still not sure why this was wholly necessary, but something about having a real title instead of a junkyard title was important. I paid for all the expenses and the dad walked me through the process. This was a Saturday, but it took till the next Saturday before the dad could get everything arranged for delivery. So, Friday night, I tell Grandpa what I did, but I wasn't really sure how he was going to take the news. So, in wanting to protect the amazing dad, in case things went badly, I told my grandpa that I had been the instigator in wanting to buy the parts, and the dad had simply helped me, thinking it was okay with my grandpa. To my utter amazement, my grandpa started smiling, and we had the following conversation. You're telling me that tomorrow, the dad is going to be delivering a car, transmission, motor, and other car parts here, and you just want me to put the car together for you? Well, yeah, I figured it was cheaper to buy the car this way, and since you have the garage and the tools, you could do it. The boys, my brothers, could help too. I know I didn't ask, and I'm asking a lot from you, but I don't have to borrow any money from anyone to do it this way, and by the time I get my driver's permits, I'll have my own car. My grandpa had a sly smile on his face. How much have you spent total on everything? I've spent $736.27. I'd already totaled up my receipts and this was for everything. I still remember the total to this day. Really? And you've got everything we need to put the car together? Yeah, I believe so. But if I've missed something, I can get it and you'll tell me what I need, I'm sure. Well, you've already spent the money, so there's no going back on it. I actually wish you would have taken me with you so I could make sure everything you bought is what you need. I guess your brothers are going to be busy tomorrow. With this, I gave him a huge hug and thanked him profusely. I knew he had his doubts and was thinking I probably got taken for over $700, but he was willing to see how things panned out. The next day, just as my friend's dad had said, a truck arrived with the car and all the parts. My friend was with her dad in another vehicle behind the truck. And my grandpa directed the driver to the garage where he watched everything get unloaded my brothers were there and everyone was just amazed when they got a look at the actual car and the condition it was in my grandpa went over and shook my friend's dad's hand and thanked him for helping me and then my friend and her dad left after i thanked him repeatedly and again offered him money for the gas which he again refused my grandpa came over to me and just winked at me and told the boys to get to work My entitled mother showed up a few hours after the work began and was being filled in by my grandpa on what was going on. Needless to say, she was very upset that she wasn't involved in the process and kept saying that it wasn't going to work. It took about three weeks for my brothers and my grandpa to get the car put together because they didn't work on it every day, mostly on Saturdays. I kept asking my grandpa if I needed any more parts and he said that I got everything and that I made a very savvy decision. After three weeks, my car was in running condition and my grandpa began to show me how to check oil, change tires and basic things I would need to know about owning my first car. 
Fast forward a few months and I'm now 15 and a half and I go to take my test for my learner's permits. Now, I didn't mention this before, but my grandparents had a farm. So I was able to learn how to drive in my car on the farm without endangering people on the streets. So I felt prepared for my test. After passing my test and getting my permits, I now needed to get some insurance. After work one day, I walked a half block down the street to the insurance agency that my entire family used. I knew I was a minor and I was dreading having to ask to be put on my mother's insurance. So I was going to ask if I could be put on my grandparents' insurance. I walk into the insurance agency and have the following conversation. I greet an insurance agent inside. Hi, remember me? Of course, you are so-and-so's daughter and the granddaughter of your grandparents. Yes, I just got my learner's permit a few days ago and I need to get some insurance. You sure do. Come into my office and let's take a look. As I'm following him into the office, I say, do I have to be on my mother's policy? I was getting ready to ask if I could be put on my grandparents' policy. But before I could ask, the agent replied, Well, you can have your own policy, but it's expensive. I wouldn't advise it. Wait, what? You mean I can have my own policy even though I'm a minor? Yeah, this state has licensed you to drive and also requires you to have insurance. Therefore, you can get your own policy if you'd like. But most kids get insurance on their parents' policy to save money. But I can get my own policy in my name and no one else's. Yes, but I wouldn't advise doing that because it is very expensive. Even though you've got good grades and are a girl, it would be very expensive. But I do want my own policy. Are you sure? Absolutely. So, after getting the information together about my car and explaining liability insurance, he gives me the quote for six months and then the quote for what it would be for month to month. I wrote him out a check to cover the six months and his mouth just kind of dropped. He once again tried to give me a quote on what it would be if I was to go on my mum's policy, but I never gave him the chance. I wanted my own policy. I left that day with an insurance card and I was feeling very good as I walked back to the cafe that I worked at and waited for my grandma to pick me up. When she picked me up, I told her I took care of insurance that day, but didn't tell her any details and told her that I wanted to go to the tag agency in two days to have the title of my car transferred into my name. I asked her if she would be willing to put her name on my car since I was a minor. And she told me that if I wanted that, then she would do that. I thanked her and told her we would do it in two days as soon as I got off school, since I didn't have to work that day. Fast forward to two days and I get home from school, walked into the kitchen to find my grandma cooking. I asked her if she was ready to go and she turned to me and said the following. I was talking to your mother and she said that since she is your mother, that her name is the one that should be on your car and she is coming by to pick you up and take you to the tag agency. My heart sank a little bit and I was annoyed that my grandma had been talking to my mum. I don't think it has to be an actual parent. I think it can be any adult, I replied. Well, she is your mother and it is more appropriate that her name go on your car than mine. As soon as my grandma said those words, my mum pulls up and honks her horn. I am so mad at this point and I just walk out the door and get into her car. Did your grandma tell you what we talked about? My mum said. Yes. Good. You've got all the paperwork? Yes. On the ride over, I was seething. I vowed her name wasn't going to go on my car. She had done this to my brothers and had repeatedly denied them their cars when she got mad and wanted control over them. 
even though she never spent a dime to buy their cars or insurance I vowed to myself that I would put my grandma's name on my title Even if she wasn't with me we get to the tag agency and wait in line It gets to my turn and I lay the title bill of sale insurance card and my id on the counter and the nice lady picked them up She takes a few minutes to look over the paperwork and then addresses me So your name is spelled like this, correct? It is an odd spelling so I understand that she wants to make sure that it's spelled correctly as she gets to the third letter, my entitled mum interrupts her. Excuse me, um, she is a minor and my daughter, and my name needs to be on the title. I'm about to say something about putting my grandma's name on it when the lady says, Well, your daughter's the only name on the bill of sale, so her name is the only one that has to be on the title. Thank you to my friend's dad for that. But she is a minor and can't have a car in her name. I'm her mother and my name has to go on the title. That's not actually how it works. The only name that has to go on the title is the name that appears on the bill of sale. It doesn't matter that she is a minor. She can own a car in her own name. My mum is getting red and very mad at this point. But I am her mother and she is a minor. Stressing each word slowly as if she's talking to a small child who just doesn't understand. The tag agency lady now looks at my mum irritated. That doesn't matter. She can have it in her name if she wants. I could have jumped over the counter and hugged and kissed this woman at this point. But the lady cuts off my mum and looks at me. Do you want your mother on your title? No. Okay, then let's carry on. So again, you spell your name like this and she begins to repeat back to me the spelling of my name, leaving my mum furious at being cut off and not getting what she wanted. After the lady verifies all the information, she informs us she has to go to type up the paperwork and that it will be a few minutes. She isn't that far from the counter and I know that she and her co-workers can hear the following conversation that then happens between me and my mum. You know, you won't be able to drive the car if you don't have insurance. I know, but I have insurance. Not if I cancel it, then you can't drive. But I have my own insurance. No, you don't. You're a minor and you can't have your own insurance. You have to be on my policy. Nope, I got my own insurance. All right, well, I know you're lying. When we leave here, I'm going to cancel it. We just stood there in silence, waiting for the agency lady to get finished with my paperwork. And I'm just vowing that she is not going to cancel my insurance. And I can tell she is seething that she didn't get her name on my title. Now it's clear she's in a hurry to get to the insurance agency so she can try and cancel my insurance. The lady returns to the counter and smiles very sweetly at me and says, Here is your paperwork and you should get your title in about a week. Congratulations on your car and good luck. I turned and saw that at that point I was by myself because my entitled mum had already left the building and was getting into her car, ready to leave. I leave and get into the passenger side and I don't say a word as she speeds out of the parking lot. The insurance agency is less than a mile down the road and I swear my mum was doing 80 to get there. As soon as we pull into the parking lot, she gets out and practically runs into the building and I was just trying to keep up. I was ready for a fight to keep her from cancelling my insurance. She got into the building before I could get there. And when I entered the building, she was already shouting for the insurance agent who was exiting his office as I entered the door. My daughter says she has her own insurance. Yes, she does. But she can't have that. She's a minor. It must be against the law. Mom, she's been licensed to drive by our states and they require her to carry insurance. It doesn't matter that she's a minor. She can have her own insurance 
It is the law. But she is a minor. She says the word minor very slowly. Like again, she's trying to explain to him the meaning of the word. That doesn't matter. She is required by a law to carry insurance. Fine. And I tried to talk her out of getting a policy in her own name because it's expensive. But she insisted. Oh, that is ridiculous. I want you to cancel her insurance right now. She is still screaming at the top of her lungs. Mom, the policy is in her own name. And the only way her policy can be cancelled is if she fails to pay or request to cancel it herself. Since she's already paid for the policy in full, then only a request from her can cancel that policy. I finally interject at this point. I don't want to cancel my policy. She is a minor and this is against the law. No, mom, it isn't against the law. Without another word, my mum turns on her heels and heads out the door. I mouth, I'm sorry, and thank you to the agents and turn to run out the door myself. She was trying to drive out the parking lot before I even got in the car. So I rushed to get in the car because I did not want to walk the 10 miles back to my grandparents' farm. On the drive home, she was driving whilst hitting me in the passenger seat, telling me what an ungrateful girl I was, that if I died, no one would be able to do anything with the car since no one's name was on the car. I just endured the hitting and actually didn't feel most of it. I couldn't believe that I actually ended up in a position where she couldn't take my car and had no hold over me. I was so happy inside. When we got to my grandparents' farm, I had to actually jump out of the car while it was moving because she wasn't going to take the time to drop me off. I walked into the kitchen where my grandma was still cooking. How did it go? It went well, grandma. Did you get everything settled? Sure did. I walked over and gave her a kiss. All my anger from earlier had disappeared. Had my grandma taken me to the tag agency, I would have probably put her on my title. And somewhere down the line, my entitled mum may have convinced her to sign the title over to her. I know this. This is one of the rare times where my grandmother's naive nature about my entitled mum had actually worked in my favor. That car saved my life. Literally, I was able to leave the farm just a few months later since I now had transportation and no one had the right to take it away from me Sorry, this post was long and i'm sad to say this is only one story of many But it was one of the few times where I came out on top if you're still reading Thank you for your time and have a great day. I couldn't echo that more Wow, uh, where to even begin with this story? What an absolute marathon. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, It was definitely a long one. Probably one of the longest stories that I've ever read. Longest single stories I've ever read on my channel. But you guys have been asking for longer stories and I thought, you know what? Let's give the people what they want. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one. As for OP, as I always say with these people, you know, it must be so hard living with parents like that. Pretty much just, you know, stealing and and thieving and just using your own kids for their own goods, right? This mum has nothing to do with this car. She hasn't, you know, got any of the money for the car, hasn't paid for it, has nothing to do with the insurance, nothing. It's her kid's car, it's OP's car, but still she wants her name somehow associated with it so that she can control her own children. It's mad. If your child has done well enough and has worked their butt off to get enough money to buy a car at the age of 15 and a half, which I guess must be legal in whatever state this is in, then just please, like, surely you have to be, you know, really proud of them and say to them you've done an amazing job to do that well at 15 and a half not try and you know ruin it for them and and steal their car and have control over it it's mental but hey that's an entitled parent for you you hit my kid with a snowball during a snowball fight so my friend had this happen to him and wanted me to share it here i will talk from his perspective throughout for context i'm at a snowball fight and i'm hiding behind a snow mound 
I see a kid sneak around the mound, so I hit him with a snowball. He cries and runs home. I don't really think much of it, so I keep playing and tell my friend on my team. He just laughs and we play peacefully for about three minutes. Then the kid's entitled mum comes up to me. Why did you hit my kid with a snowball? Uh, mom, this is a this is a snowball fight. What are you talking about? But why did you target my poor angel? She gestured towards her son. I didn't, mom. He was about to hit me with a snowball himself. This is abuse. The police will hear about this, and I'll see you in court. She then storms off and is stopped by my friend's parents. It was his house. What is going on? My friend then explains everything. You raised such an effing rude by child. And then the entire mum is just forced to leave. Well, look, if you ask me, if there's one place you're allowed to throw a snowball at someone with, with no repercussions, surely it's in a snowball fight. I mean, <laughs> how can you cry about getting hit with a snowball in a snowball fight? Y- you know what you signed up to do, you know? Get hit with snowballs. It's kind of in the name. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe this person just doesn't like getting hit with snowballs and, and this was their way of finding out. No more snowball fights for you in future, I guess. Now moving on to our next story. My mum and stepdad stopped a class of kids from ever having hot chocolate again. So I was making a delicious cup of hot chocolate on my own earlier and it reminded me of the following story. I think this belongs here. I'm not quite sure. I'll be the judge of that, all right? So don't worry about that. A few side notes before I begin for all the folks that don't live in the UK, aka losers, by the way. Uh, Anyway, I better not say that. Firstly, year six is the final year in primary school. For Americans, I think that's like your version of middle school. I'm not sure though. No, neither am I. I'm sorry. But year six should be, what, 11 years old. Secondly, in my primary school, the deaf students had their own classroom for each year for extra support. They would still be included in our class projects and main subjects, English, maths, and science, but they had their own classroom for other subjects so they had more support. In my year, as there were three deaf kids, a couple of kids from the main class could go into the deaf class for extra support for them and so the deaf kids didn't feel as isolated. Thirdly, green and black chocolate is very expensive. Good quality chocolate. It's around £2 a bar in shops. What's that? $3. It's very rich depending on the percentage of cocoa in it. You can get different percentages of cocoa and that would be how strong it is. So 85% cocoa would be stronger than 80% cocoa. My mum loves green and blacks, by the way. Now, onto the story. The entitled mum in this story is actually my mum. Oh god, that is not a good sign. And entitled stepdad is my stepdad. Okay, here we go. So, when I was in year six, me and another girl were in the deaf class with the deaf kids. In our school, we were allowed to call our teachers by their first names. Not every primary school is like this. Most actually go by surnames. So, the deaf kids teacher was a lovely Greek woman. We will call her nice teacher. Now, she was a very enthusiastic teacher. Once a week, she would make us students in the smaller class hot chocolates as a treat. It was the best hot chocolate I had ever had. Well, one week, our nice teacher asked us students to chip in with ingredients. She gave each student an item to get and I had the task of getting the chocolates. However, she specifically asked me to get the green and black chocolate at 85%. After school that day, I asked my entitled mum and entitled stepdad when we were next going shopping. They both said they weren't sure. The next day, my mum said shopping was getting done whilst me and my brother were at school. He's three years younger than me. So I asked her about the chocolates. She said no, as it was too expensive. She then asked why I needed it, so I told her. Her and my entitled stepdad exploded. They said they weren't paying for it and we can just use cheap chocolates. 
I explained that I was asked specifically to get that chocolate as it's what our teacher used But my entitled stepdad and mum weren't having any of it Instead of going shopping, they actually called a meeting with the head teacher, deputy head, and my nice teacher. I don't know what exactly happened in that meeting, but when it was over, the nice teacher came back into the classroom in tears. I knew what had happened. She stood in front of the very small class and told us all that due to a complaint, we weren't allowed to have hot chocolate ever again. I felt awful. I knew it was because of my parents. Just as lunch was beginning, she pulled me aside and told the other kids to leave. She told me that my entitled mum and entitled stepdad complained. And she said because it really upset her, she actually didn't want me in her class anymore. She said she would keep Jess, but she will exchange me for another kid. I got so upset. I was only 10 years old at the time. I enjoyed being in her class. She was actually the reason I got so into Greek mythology. That is what she taught us in history. As far as I'm aware, All the time she was still at the school, she never made hot chocolate for the students ever again. Oh, and don't worry, when I went to secondary school, my entitled mum and stepdad were exactly the same. Whenever we had food tech, they would always moan about buying the ingredients, and if you didn't have the ingredients, you had to give a couple of pounds to the teacher to be able to use their ingredients. Well, my entitled stepdad and entitled mum refused to do that too. They had so many meetings with teachers and it actually resulted in me being kicked out of food tech classes. As I said, I'm not sure if this belongs here. My boyfriend said that my entitled mum and entitled stepdad were being entitled a bit as they stopped the whole class from having it. But I'm honestly not sure. Wait, OP, are you serious? (laughs) Yes, clearly they're being entitled. I mean, they're literally not willing to pay, what, two pounds? Which, by the way, it's not a lot of money, is it? You can afford to pay £2 on a bit of chocolate for your entire class. They're not giving £2 of their own money away to enable a teacher to actually, you know, reward her students for great work, make the students like the teacher more and enjoy being at school. Like, yes, that is so entitled. You're literally ruining so many people's days, let alone your own child. You know, OP now, at 10 years old, is being told to leave the class because this teacher hates her parents so much. Imagine that as a 10-year-old. That would screw you up in your head. And that is only because of your entitled parents not wanting to fork out literally $3, two pounds. Seriously, of course they're entitled. Madness. Uh, What's more, you know, when when you go to secondary school, yeah, and you're doing food tech, which obviously involves making food, you're going to need to spend some money on ingredients. Surely that's, you know, part and parcel, you know, that's in the memo when you do food tech, but you're going to need to have some ingredients. And uh, maybe some schools provide all the ingredients for you, but surely the majority you have to pay, uh, you would think, right? It's because otherwise who else is going to pay? So why are they not paying for the food tech ingredients that you need to do your schoolwork? It's like not paying for an A4 pad of paper so you literally can't write anything down. It's, that equi- it's the equivalent of that, in my opinion. It's just mad. Um, yeah, no wonder you were kicked out, OP. Obviously, it wasn't your fault, but clearly it was your entitled parents' fault. 100% they are entitled. Now moving on to our third story. Entitled mum accuses us of practicing Satanism for celebrating Halloween. So for a little background, I am a 20-year-old female and me and my mum live in Argentina. Now, we run a little English institute in our neighborhood. Not many students, roughly 25 to 30. Every year, we like to teach our students about the different festivities and holidays celebrated in America. You know, Thanksgiving, St. Patrick's, Halloween. They get to decorate the classroom and we have little parties where they bring snacks and play holiday-related games. It is so much fun and they love learning about American culture. 
Their favorite holiday is, of course, Halloween. They get to dress up and we give them sweets. We've been doing it for years and never had any issues. That is, until the last October 31st. The kids had dressed as princesses and superheroes and were decorating with cute little bats and pumpkins. Nothing creepy. We were having a good time until lo and behold appeared the most terrifying creature known to mankind. No, not a devil, not a zombie, not Dracula, not any other Halloween creature I can think of off the top of my head right now whilst I'm recording this. An entitled mother, the most terrifying creature of all. Guys, quickly, drop a like on this video if for next Halloween you want to see me, you know, dress up as an entitled mother and make a video in an entitled mother, a Karen costume. Like this video, comment down below. Let's see how many likes we get. Anyway, she barged into the classroom without knocking or even saying hello while dragging her daughter by the arm and starts yelling at me to get the person in charge. Trembling in fear, I scrambled quickly to get my mother. The conversation went something like this. My mother said, Hello, entitled mum. What can I do for you? Now shut up and listen to me, you little Satan lover. Excuse me? You heard me. What kind of establishment teaches children about Satan and how to adore the devil by forcing it down their throats on a foreign evil holiday? Mom, Halloween has nothing to do with Satan. BS. I know what I'm talking about. I read it on the internet. You and your daughter are practicing Satanism. EM, if you calm down, I can easily explain to you what Halloween is about. No, I will not allow you to feed my daughter lies and poison her mind with your darkness. At this point, the poor kid looked like she wanted to disappear into the depths of the earth. The other children and I could do nothing but just stare in horror. In case you haven't realized, this is a Catholic country. If you don't like it, you can easily go back to that country of brutes. My mum was too dumbfounded by this crazy woman's ignorance to even respond anymore. I pay you every month, so I demand you cancel this madness or I will be taking my daughter to another institute. I'm sorry, but other kids are having fun and enjoying themselves. I'm not going to cancel Halloween for them just because one person doesn't like it. At this point, the entitled mum goes red and starts screaming at the top of her lungs while violently yanking at her poor kid's arm towards the door. I will sue you. I will notify the police and tell my church that there are Satanists in town. I swear I will make sure you and your female dog of a daughter never teach again. She slams the door on her way out. Never saw her or her daughter again. And I have to say, I'm relieved. Though I do feel sorry for that poor child. She may not be able to ever celebrate Halloween, but she sure knows what it's like to live with the devil. Oh yeah, classy little line there at the end, OP. As I said, halfway through the story, I mean, what is worse than an entitled parent? Genuinely nothing. I mean, seriously. Uh, Again, if you do want to see me dress up as a Karen, you know, get the wig, whack a bit of makeup on. Am I even saying, am I really saying this though? But am I, you know, I am. If you want to see it, yeah, drop a like. Um, I'm going to set a big like guard because that involves, like dressing up as a Karen involves putting in like clip on earrings probably whacking some mascara you know that the whole whatever mile however many miles it is in the phrase um so yeah let's go for 15k likes I- i'm tempted to go 20 you know I- 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 I'll-, I'll keep it low so i'll give you guys a chance 15,000 likes on this video yeah and i will do next october oh this is terrible next october i will film a video in a full karen costume with makeup with everything yeah 15,000 is-, is that too low 15,000 guys there you go 15,000 likes and i'll do it it's up to you and it's up to you to keep on reminding me if we come if we come close as well i know you can do it but i kind of don't want you to do it so if you wouldn't mind just you know now unliking the like button that'd be great appreciate it let's move on 
Now moving on to our final story. Entitled mother messes up big at the ER. As I was sitting in the waiting room at the ER, there was a young girl about 10 by her looks. She was also totally bald and didn't hide it. Overhearing her mum, I came to find out she has cancer and was getting ready for her chemo treatments. At this hospital, they have service dogs meant to calm kids down when they get scared. The dog they let her take care of was only small. I have no idea what breed, sorry. She was on the gurney, waiting her turn, happily petting the dog. This is when an entitled mum joins the story. She walks right up to the counter with her little girl who was crying. The entitled mum said she fell off the swing set and got a black eye. She was told to take a seat and wait until cooled. As she was walking to sit down, her daughter spots the dog and squeals she wants to pet the puppy. The young girl's mother tried to explain that the dog was a special dog and her daughter was taking care of him and he was taking care of her and to please not touch the dog. The entitled mum did not like this and started at a very high volume where everyone could hear saying, my baby wants to pet the mutt. She is going to pet the mutt and put her hands on her hips like she'd already won the fight. The entitled mum then tried to reach over the young girl's mother to take the dog. But when she did this, she pulled the IV drip out of the girl's arm, landing it directly on her mother. I'm not sure about the dog, but it yelped so loud, so I assume she did as well. At this hospital, they don't just have security, but there is a police officer stationed there as well. Both security and the cop grabbed the entitled mum and put her to the floor hard. She landed face first on the big rubber mats they have at the doors. In seconds, she was cuffed and hauled into the security room, the whole time screaming about all the things an angry entitled mum tends to scream about. Her daughter was taken to a quiet room with a nice nurse, while other nurses worked on getting the poor young girl hooked back up to everything. The poor little dog was so scared, he became useless to the girl. Lucky they have more than one dog on site at all times. This time, they brought her a German Shepherd. After I was seen and on my way out, I saw one of the security guys and asked him how things ended since I was seeing the doctor. He laughed and said she got trespassed from the hospital and its property, resisting arrest, assault on the cop, I guess she scratched his face enough to make it bleed, interfering with a service animal while it is on duty, assault on the young girl and her mother. If there was more, I can't remember. I just wish I was there when they took her out screaming and kicking. To be honest with you guys, it seems a bit weird that, you know, someone can literally just walk into a hospital, the ER in this situation, and instantly be able to be in contact with someone that is on an IV drip and is about to have chemotherapy. Do you you not think? Like, surely, normally, if you're going to have chemotherapy, you wouldn't sit in a normal waiting area waiting to have the chemo, you know what I mean? Like, with with a drip in. Wouldn't you be, like, on your own bed somewhere, maybe in, like, another room with other people that are also waiting? I don't really know how it works, I'll be honest. So please enlighten me in the comments down below. What I'm pretty much saying is it seems weird that someone can come in with a black eye and instantly, you know, you know, be in contact with someone that, that is about to go through chemotherapy and do something horrible like this. I imagine that, you know, this sort of thing doesn't happen too often where an entitled mum would attack a, a, a girl that is on, about to have chemo and is on a drip, I presume. So I assume that the hospital don't normally, you know, a- account for this sort of thing or expect this sort of thing to happen. But still, you never know. It's just a bit weird that, um, you know, you'd, you'd be allowed to be in contact with someone like this. In my opinion, at this stage of coming into a hospital with just a black eye, I don't know. There's a reason I don't work in hospitals, because clearly I'm clueless. So yeah, if anyone watching this does work in a hospital, please let me know how that could possibly have happened 
It seems a little bit weird to me, but other than that, yeah, great story. I enjoyed this entitled mum getting absolutely flattened by the security guard and the police officer. And yes, like OP, I would have loved to see that in the flesh. No, your bully of a son can't go on our private beach trip. Entitled mother abandons her child. Okay, people have read it. I thought I'd share a story from when I was younger and when my children were still young. So, this takes place in the summer of 1975. At the time, my sons were 9 and 7 years old. Also, they were in the Cub Scouts. Like most kids, they quickly made friends with the other kids. And, as a dad, I made friends with the other dads that volunteered. Most of us got along well with the families, except for the entitled mother and her son. The mother was extremely clueless about her own son and basically refused to parent him. She was more into the lifestyle of a mum being in mummy groups and spending her husband's money rather than being a good parent to her son. The dad was a good person, but worked a lot, so he was absent. Her nine-year-old son was notoriously horrible. He was overly aggressive. He hit other children, stole items, and was extremely disrespectful towards other adults. When the other parents brought this up, she would make constant excuses for him. He's just a boy. He's just expressing himself. Your kids started it. What made it worse is that the entitled mother would pacify her son's behavior with sweets, toys, and other things that he wanted. Because of this, the other parents and I didn't invite the mother and her son to events that took place outside of Scouts. The entitled mother would often call our home about getting sleepovers or having her son play with our kids, which we were adamant about not happening. If we didn't give in, she said, You're picking on my son by excluding him. How could you do that to a child? She also threatened to call the governor for discrimination because she's a Baptist. So, late June, the other parents and I were talking about a beach trip to Santa Cruz and bringing our families with us. We talked through everything among the 10 other mums and dads about planning this out. The entitled mother, though, must have overheard what we were saying because she just came over with her son and said... Can you take my son with you? I have to do something with my husband's. What? Where? To Santa Cruz? Uh, no. You and your son are not invited. This is a friends only trip. The entitled kid then says, You're a big meanie. Kicks me in the leg and runs away. Look what you did, child hater. The entitled mum then leaves and chases after her kids. Because this was a big trip, we decided to go shopping and hit the road on Friday. We had to do lots of shopping in bulk to reasonably feed 12 adults and 18 kids. My wife and I, along with four other parents, were watching the cars and keeping the kids occupied. For a brief moment, I turned my attention to my car to turn the AC up because my kids said that they were hot. I turned over and the entitled boy is there with his bag and the mum peeling out in her station wagon. We're all just in shock, asking ourselves, is this really happening to us? The boy's mother gave him a note that had his allergies and an emergency phone number on it. We call, but no answer. The mum's driving off. We can't leave the kid here alone and we're not going to bring him with us. So we opted to call the police. We put the kid in the car to keep him out of the sun and we made the call. We report the entitled mother for the abandonment of her child. They sent an officer out in 15 to 20-ish minutes. The other parents and I go back to our cars to look out for the police. When we get back, the entitled boy is pulling my four-year-old daughter's hair. The reason why? The kids had some snacks in the cooler and didn't want to share them with the entitled kids. What later proceeded as we were running to the car was 10 of the boys pulling the entitled boy off my daughter and proceeding to beat him up. 
Now the kids had two years of rage towards this kid bottled up inside So what took place wasn't that surprising The entitled kid is bleeding crying and says that we're all mean and started demanding food from us He was cussing us out hitting things and then said I want to go on the trip. I want to go on the trip. I want to go on the trip now He kept parroting this over and over again So I just yelled at him to shut up, which only made him cry more Now, I will admit, I was probably in the wrong here, but this is one of the few children I have truly hated in my life. The police arrived soon after, and we explained what happened. Apparently, he was then dropped off at his father's job. The mother received a child neglect charge. When she saw that our kids beat up hers, she tried to charge our kids for assault. But all in all, my friends and our kids had a great week in Santa Cruz. If you're wondering what happened to the entitled mum and her son, the mum is still married to the dad. We don't talk to her since our kids aged out of scouts. The son is now a 55-year-old man who is a creep that tries to pick up college girls and neglects his four kids. Well, that's my story, Reddit. That's all, folks. Oh, I don't know guys. I honestly feel a little bit bad for the kid on this one Yeah, he probably wasn't liked by many people But I mean you were all talking about going on this big nice trip You know 18 kids were going on it and he was the one that was left out Let's feel a little bit harsh. I get obviously nobody wants him to go So to make the holiday better for all of you It's probably better that he doesn't go but because surely you could have like chatted about it in a different location or like Created a private chat so that the mum didn't hear about it I don't really get how the mum even understood that you were going on this trip to be honest I think you either she like somehow found out or you probably should have been a little bit more secretive about the planning of this trip Not speaking about it at cup events. I don't know. Um, it just feels a little bit harsh Not on the mum though because the mum is an absolute cow clearly Um, not even not even understanding that her son is you know a horrible kid right now Obviously you can grow and become a better kid, but don't pacify him as op says that's the wrong way to go about it The kid though I kind of feel a bit bad for him, you know, he's just a kid. He wants to go on holiday, but yeah, no one wants to go with him. Now moving on to our next post. I made my entitled aunt cry over takeaway chips. Oh, by the way, that is um, fries, not chips as in American chips, English chips. A little bit of backstory here. When I was younger, we would celebrate either of my grandparents' birthdays by spending most of the day there, having dinner together, and then going home. Neither of my grandparents were exactly great cooks, so they'd always order dinner for the occasion. The grandchildren would get french fries, and the adults usually got Chinese food. As a kid, I certainly was not complaining. Now, something you need to know is that my dad has two sisters, my aunts. I absolutely love his youngest sister, and have always had a close bond with her. There's a large age difference between myself and her children, so I've babysat them from the time they were six months old. My dad's middle sister is a different story altogether. To use a description my British friends will be familiar with, they are scum cars. The house was always filthy to the point where there was a stack of used diapers bunched under a sofa, cigarette buds on the floor, clothes not being washed, you get the picture. Now, for some godforsaken reason, she spoiled her children absolutely rotten. Perhaps to compensate for the fact that she wouldn't offer them basic hygiene. Literally anything those children wanted was handed to them on a dinged and dusty silver platter. Now for the story. We were celebrating my granddad's birthday. I'm about 12 years old at the time and the oldest of all the grandchildren. This means I have been granted a coveted position at the adult table whilst the children play in the front room. My granddad is discussing what we should order for food this particular time. As per usual, the Chinese takeout menu makes an appearance. Me, feeling particularly responsible and eager to prove I belong at the adult table, offer to take down the orders. 
the adults in the family rattle off their order one by one and i make sure to diligently note down what everyone wants i'm not gonna lie 12 year old me felt powerful next it's time to take the orders for the children i asked my good guy granddad if i can go and ask them myself and take it down he gives me a big grin and ushers me along now i set to the task with the fervor of a missionary who's just landed on the shores of a heathen land i asked my brothers and each of my cousins yes that includes the entitled aunt's children what they would like for dinner now this gets noted down neatly even including the name of each person behind their specific order. I run back to my granddad with a sense of pride, as if I'd finished my first novel rather than written a glorified shopping list. He runs through the list with me and nods approvingly. He asks if I want to be the one who places the order, and boy, do I. As I reach for the phone, my entitled aunt decides this is her moment to shine. She yanks my carefully curated list out of my hand, and not so quickly reads through it moments later i receive a glare that could have made ho chi min whimper apparently i have made a grievous mistake why is there only five portions of fries on here i was confused because there are only five children who are gonna eat fries you must be stupid can you not count i can count there's me both my brothers and your children. What about your youngest cousins? Well, one of them is four months old and can't have solids, and the other one doesn't like fries, so he's eating something different. The entitled aunt rolled her eyes and snorts with derision. Well, what about my babies? One portion of fries is not going to be enough. These are adult portions. They always give us way too much food anyway, and then we have to throw it away after dinner. At this point, my entitled aunt tries to snatch the phone away from me so she can make the call herself. This was her big mistake. I was, and to this day still am, a particularly stubborn person. Couple that with the fact that I did not have a lot going for me as a child, but I had my brain. So insulting my intelligence was not something I took kindly to. I duck under her arm and race to the other side of the table, snatching the list as I go. I'm not ordering more food. This is enough. Give me that list, you little brat. Do you want to spoil my father's birthday and make people go hungry? I'm not ordering more food. This is enough. This back and forth continued in the same sort of way for another 15 minutes, with my granddad looking on rather bemused, shooting me the occasional wink. Meanwhile, my entitled aunt is getting more and more irate as I calmly keep telling her, no. By the end, she's screaming. Her face is red and blotched with a matching vein ready to burst on her foreheads. So I do the only logical thing. I run into the bathroom with the entitled aunt in hot pursuits. At this moment, it has become my sole mission to sabotage this woman. I lock the door and dial the number for the takeaway place. She's now screaming, demanding I open the door right now. To which I reply, I am on the phone. I loudly and very clearly state my order to the takeaway place and give them my granddad's name whilst my entitled aunt is still banging on the door. When I'm finished, I unlock the door and walk past her with a smirk that split my face in half. I go back to my granddad and hand him the phone, delivering the message that dinner will be ready to collect in about 15 minutes. He ruffles my hair and tells me, thanks, sweethearts. My entitled aunt, who has stuck to my heels like a bad smell, looks at this, loses whatever was left of her composure, and starts sobbing loudly. She complains to my granddad what a horrible child I am and that he should call the takeaway place back and rectify my order. But my granddad is done with this in about two seconds. 
He levels her with a look and calmly states my daughter you have lost in more ways than one Get yourself together or go home My entitled aunt locked herself in an upstairs bedroom for the rest of the evening and refused to speak to anyone Food arrived about 20 minutes later and as predicted we had more than enough food to feed everyone To be fair, I do totally respect what your granddad did there to his own daughter saying like what are you actually doing here? Like, well, you're mugging yourself off first of all because you're arguing with my granddaughter who is 12 You're a fully grown woman with kids But I really like that. He doesn't really care that you know, he is her daughter It's not that important because uh, she's just being an absolute prat in this situation and he's called her out for it So, uh, yeah, well done to him entitled kids block road to do Fortnite dance They weren't ready for an adult with no f's to give to react This takes place before the pandemic, but seeing a video about Fortnite reminded me of this. I was driving down a narrow street. Technically a two-way, but people can park on the sides, so it's one-way traffic in reality at times. I'm driving along when these two little idiots, like 10 years old, jump out into the road about 50 or so feet ahead of me and stay there as I pull up. I motion for them to move and they start to do that stupid dance where they do the loser sign They're laughing and saying stuff like what are you gonna do and (laughs) You can't go anywhere Annoyed I put the car in park shut it off and get out They're a little startled that an adult was doing this I assume they'd got an annoyed honk or mild yelling any other time they'd done this They clearly didn't plan for something like this though now i'm six foot and stocky I put on my best angry face and yelled get the f out of the road you little idiots or else I don't live in this neighborhood or near it at all I was visiting an old friend from college who was visiting his parents So I didn't have to worry about dealing with their parents or them again pants a little heavier They run off into one yard. I get back into my car and start to drive off I passed by them and one of the kids decided that he wanted the last word i guess and said yeah you better drive off i slammed on the brakes and glared at him they ran off into the backyard or something i don't know maybe you'll think twice about being little idiots in the future and there you go not the most harmful thing that these kids were doing you know doing some trashy fortnite dance in the middle of the road remember again this was last year as well you know the fortnite dancers were popping off back then and loads of people were holding the l taking the l whatever the dance is called but it's probably best that these guys learn now rather than later that you can't kind of just stop in the middle of the road and wait for traffic to stop for you whilst you're playing a prank because at some point one driver's not going to realize what you're doing and they're just going to plow you over which wouldn't be a good thing so um yeah they're only 10 best they learn now rather than later so yeah overall not the worst story now moving on to our second story so it's the school's fault your nine-year-old failed the third grade okay then here is a tale of two boys my six-year-old son versus my nine-year-old nephew normally i hate it when adults compare one child over another especially when it concerns someone else's child versus theirs But given the circumstances of this story and frankly my mother-in-law favoring my nephew over my son Which she'll never admit but does all the time. I feel like making an exception to one of my scruples Anyways, both my son and my nephew are in the same school district but go to different elementary schools Due to covid the district gave parents one of two choices for the fall of 2020 full-time virtual or temporary virtual 
Full-time virtual involves staying at home the whole year, meeting the teacher on a half-hour Zoom call, and then completing various lessons and assignments weekly at the family's convenience. Temporary virtual was a set of Zoom calls to simulate being at school without being there in person, which was temporary until the superintendent approved in-person learning again. In-person learning has been back since mid-January of 2021, by the way, but more on that later. My six-year-old was in temporary virtual because my wife and I really wanted him to be back in-person schooling as soon as the school district allowed it. In the meantime, my son was on Zoom lessons with the online class while my wife acted as a teacher's assistant, making sure that he was doing the schoolwork he was supposed to do, paying attention and learning what he was able to do on Zoom. I helped with a few things after I was done with work and gave her the break she deserved. I'm definitely glad my wife played this role so well. Our son did a great job with the online learning, but he's very happy to be back into in-person learning. My nephew, though, is a different story. My brother-in-law's baby mama signed up my nephew for full-time virtual learning. I think she thought that it would be easier because of the appeal of doing the lessons at any time of day. I think that woman just wanted to sleep in, frankly, because the last two years prior, she had him miss 70 days of school each year. And part of the time, that was why that's mad to be fair neither one of them really gave a dang about the concept of a good education my brother-in-law didn't even lift a finger concerning his own son's education and would rather play street fighter online or smoke at a friend's house while my nephew's mother only did certain things when she felt like it or when the school compelled her right before christmas break my wife and i heard from my mother-in-law that our nephew was literally kicked out of full-time virtual and will be put on the temporary virtual schooling program until in-person will be back in effect because he wasn't doing any of the schoolwork. I'm pretty sure my nephew will be repeating the third grade because of that. My mother-in-law and my nephew's mum, of course, blame the school district for him failing. Yeah, totally the school's fault your kid didn't do any of the work. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that, you know, online learning and dealing with kids who are doing online learning is very hard. Actually, to be fair, I imagine that the vast majority of you right now either have been in online learning for your school, college, whatever, or live with someone who is doing that or take care of someone who is doing that, maybe your kid, whatever. So let me know. Has it been tough? I think it probably has been. That's not, though, a massive excuse to completely fail the year and then not have gone to school for 70 days in the year prior when COVID wasn't a thing. So I get it's fair enough that you can say oh covid this and the school district has had this horrible scheme which isn't helping my son but ultimately yeah it's tough but everyone else is doing it okay like you say op your son is doing fine so i don't know it's it's, it's a tough one i don't want to like i don't want to really like trash on this mum and say you should be doing more because i know it's hard well i don't know it's hard but i've heard that it's hard but if everyone else is managing to do it okay and you're the only one that's not then it's probably the fault probably lies at your door rather than the school or the school districts is what i'm trying to say now moving on to our third story entitled mum her son and his friend walk into a war zone expecting not to be shot so basically at my town pool they have three pools there's a swimming pool which was for lap swimming water polo and all those games the second pool was the smallest known as the baby pool since you had to be four to go into the swimming pool the toddlers were allowed to play in the small easily watchable toddler pool the final pool is where this situation went down the splash pool this pool was full of cool blue and white structures which sprayed out water it was the only pool that accepted water gun use although there was peacetime twice per day that was toddler time and the first hour of opening 
The first hour of opening is self-explanatory, but toddler time was when parents could allow their little ones to play without the fear of them being caught in the crossfire. During wars, it was typically two clans which took up territory and role-played total destruction. My little brother and I usually got a good set of teammates due to the fact we always carried big double-barreled shotgun-like sprayers. Even more, the day of the encounter, my friend was with us using a big super soaker AR with multiple firing types. Sorry, I had no idea that this level of like detail in water pistols and water guns existed. Pretty crazy. We also had another teammate with a basic pistol, but I played with him before and he had good tactics. This is honestly sounding like actual warfare is about to go down, not just a couple of water gun fighters at a pool park, but hey, I'm all for it. On the other clan was two kids with some pretty cool super soakers. They needed some more people. So when two other kids, the entitled kid and entitled friend of this story came from the swimming pool, they handed them some basic foam push guns. Due to its soft padding, they were also used as a baton for close quarter combat. And it was always a good complementary weapon when used correctly. What is going on here? Why are these water guns being used for physical violence now as well? Incredible stuff. Of course, with our pistol-wielding clansmen, we ditched the batons. The war started, and almost immediately, the entitled kid and his entitled friend charged at us with their guns, baton style. The entitled friend was shot in the face and started screaming. His friend got hit as well and stopped, trying to call a timeout. Their teammate came from behind them, confused. The entitled kid's friend said, Who shot me? My friend said, Me? Why'd you call a timeout? The entitled kid replied, Because you shot my friend in the face? But my brother correctly asked, Well, why wasn't he wearing goggles? It's his fault if he didn't. Shut up! You guys are stupid little pieces of trash with your stupid guns. The entitled kid's friend then started hitting my brother with his gun and the first and second kids yanked it and the entitled kids guns away you guys are terrible at the game go away and you're all so mean we don't want babies on our team so the two entitled kids walked out of the pool the friends still crying and they just walked back towards the swimming pool we started to set up a new game with three teams of two but before we started a woman's voice yelled at us We looked in the direction of the voice to see a fat, sluggish woman with the entitled kid and his friend in tow. Of course, it was the kid's mum, the entitled mum of this story. Who hurt my son and his friend? No one. They should have been wearing goggles if they didn't want to get hit in the face. What do you mean? Why would my son be hit in the first place? We were playing with our water guns. They were on a team and were shot. That's kind of the point of the game. But her entitled kid said, No, he's lying. They shot us when we were minding our own business. Then the same kid who invited these two entitled kids onto his team in the first place said, Hey, that's not true. You guys were- You think it's funny to attack my son? Give me your weapon now. She tried grabbing for my gun and my little bro just sprayed her. You brat, don't touch me. Stay back. I started thinking of the worst thing I could say and I found a good word. Stay back, you female dog. Excuse me, that's it. Where are your parents? They aren't here. They dropped us off. Leave us be or I'll spray you again. Wow, your parents aren't here to chaperone in the pool? That's very dangerous. I'm going to call the police because I guess you're being neglected by them. She thought she'd won until she saw what me and my friend were doing. We were, on purpose, playing rock, paper, scissors. What are you doing? Playing a game? No, you're insulting me. 
The entitled mum started trudging in the water and was sprayed again by my little brother She got up close to him and started yanking the gun away from him But some nearby man then started to scream at her telling her to stop She ignored him until a whistle was blown She looked at the man seeing him with his shirt off and red pants Which said lifeguard and a whistle in his mouth Help me. These violent children are attacking me. The lifeguard responded. No, they were playing with water guns Toddler time was an hour ago. So there is no reason they can't play those boys did agree to play I'm asking you to leave the pool now No, that's not fair But the lifeguard walked over to his chair and grabbed a walkie-talkie He called for the pool management staff dude and a minute later He was there with two other lifeguards forcing these guys to pick up their items and leave We found two new kids to play with us and continued our war until closing time Uh, yeah, not really too sure what this entire mum was playing at to be honest I mean surely the principal thing that you know for sure when you go into a water park or swimming pool of any sort Is that you're gonna get wet and that people are gonna be playing with water That's kind of the point in it So expecting water pistols and that sort of stuff is not really too outlandish is it? You surely can think that's gonna happen when you go to a water park I don't really know why she was so surprised that her kids were playing with water pistols. That's kind of what you do That's my point really It's a bit of a shame, isn't it, really? Reading this story has kind of given me really nice memories of when I used to go to water parks and stuff like that, back when I was younger, but also back when COVID wasn't a thing. And to have, like, this annoying woman there just ruining it would literally ruin the day. You have to pay to go into these places. You're going out for a nice day with your mates. And to have a Karen like this saying, no, you can't enjoy yourself, you can't have fun because I don't want you to, yeah, that'd be a horrible experience. So, Opie, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but um, hopefully she's been banned from this place forever and you can go back and have more cool fights with very detailed and incredibly descriptive guns in future entitled mum freaks out because my computer can't play roblox first up some info and backstory i'm 14 and i've got lots of things i enjoy doing but most of all is computers building them benchmarking selling gaming all of it i love recently though we kind of lost our foothold in life which caused us not to have the financial prowess we did before It was never a lot, but enough. This caused me to sell my computer. And ever since, I've been using a gateway laptop that's very, very old. A Pentium T4200 paired with Vista. So it doesn't run many games. A list of games it can run are as follows. Counter-Strike Source, Counter-Strike Condition Zero, and Half-Life. All at an average of 25 to 49 FPS. So then, on to the story. My aunt comes over with her daughter and her daughter's entitled friend. Now, he's the only one who's really important to this story. Let's call him Nate. Nate comes knocking on my door and then opens it. I'm playing CSS with a few friends who have the game. Nate says, I was told I could play Minecraft on your computer. Uh, sure. In like 10 minutes, I reply. To the kid's credit, he's very patient and usually quite nice. He came from an unstable home, so I don't entirely blame him. Ten minutes pass, and I can see he's a bit impatient. I had some schoolwork I could do on my phone, so I set him up on Minecraft. The only problem is, my computer is way, way, way too low spec to run Minecraft. The only Minecraft I can get to run at a playable frame rate, 40 FPS, was beta 1.7 at tiny render distance. So I got him on the game and then I left thinking nothing of it. Less than 15 minutes later, I heard a loud banging noise. 
The kit had changed the version to pre-release 1.17 and blue screen the whole machine. The banging was him lifting the computer and bashing it on the desk. I go into my room to see the issue and I saw the blue screen. At the time, I thought the banging may have been from outside. The rest of the kids were in our above ground pool and this conversation ensued. I tried to update Minecraft and your computer kicked me out, said Nate. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. I explained to you, my computer is very old and we don't have much money for a new one. This kid always had the best of the best, so he had a nice gaming rig. Well, I'm bored. Anyway, I'm going outside. All right. I restart my computer and go back to playing CSS with my friends for around an hour before my little cousin, Cursor, comes into my room. Let's call her Entitled Cousin as she now becomes important. Hey, OP. Can I play Roblox on your computer? She actually asked nicely for once. Oh, hey, sorry, but my computer can't really run Roblox. Now, this is half true. It can run very basic games, such as Natural Disaster Survival, but it can't run games that are more advanced. Arsenal, Royal High, Adopt Me. If you try to run games that are more advanced, you'll hit two gigabytes of RAM usage, and that blue screens the computer. She only plays Adopt Me and Royal High. You're lying. I've seen you play Roblox on it before. Now, I wasn't playing Roblox at the time. I was playing Doom. No, I've never played Roblox on this. I'm telling mum. She starts to storm off and I quickly realize I'm in deep trouble. I tell my friends what's happening before chaos strikes. The entitled mum walks into my room and says, Why can't she play Roblox? My computer physically cannot run Roblox. Do you not know about computers? Uh, I do know about computers. Also, can't she just play Roblox on your iPhone? My aunt has an iPhone X, which is more than capable. Uh, my phone cannot run Roblox. Your computer obviously can. Look at it. It's a hundred times the size, she says, putting her phone next to the laptop, mocking me like a child. At this point, I know she can't be reasoned with, and I just cave and get her on her Roblox account and lay in my bed. At first, my cousin is happily playing Roblox obby games before she joins Royal High. Now, this whole time, I'm on my phone next to her, oblivious. I was actually surprised it was playing at above 15 FPS when I looked at what she was doing. I eventually left my room after 30 minutes because I needed to do the dishes. Apparently, Nate had been inside and was in the bathroom when I walked by, slipping into my room when I left. Now, I'm unaware exactly how long he was in there, but maybe 20 minutes later, I hear another crash. I go into the room and find that they had thrown the laptop onto the floor. I lose my temper and say to get the freak out. I look at my laptop now on the floor and see that the display still works. But to my horror, my entitled cousin had opened up 23 Chrome tabs, had Royal High still running and like 12 YouTube videos, all at 720p, taking up well over two gigabytes of RAM. I don't know how it hadn't blue screened, but it obviously wasn't working because you couldn't click anything. The laptop is junk. Yes. But I paid $30 for it, and I scrounged for that money. And to watch them violate my things like this made me upset. I couldn't even turn it off. It was running so slow. It had to have taken three gigabytes at least for its slowness. And then my entitled aunt walked into the room and started to get mad at me to compound matters. Why did you kick them off the computer? She says, 
taking my laptop in her arms, trying to click stuff, but it's not working. Why isn't the computer working? Because your daughter and her friend broke it off. They wouldn't do such a thing. They said you threw it to the ground because you wanted to play on it. I believe them. I wouldn't count on what a spaz says. Now that spastic comment actually hurts. I have a low IQ of 67 and autism. And at this point, I really just cried in response. Learn some freaking manners. We are guests, you insert slur for Italians. We are priority. She throws my laptop onto the floor with force before walking out. My mum heard this. She's barred them from our house now. The laptop still works, but my aunt threw it so hard it broke the battery and only works plugged into a wall. It runs at like a third of the speed it used to and now only plays CSS at 15 FPS instead of the 30 to 45. The fans no longer work and it blue screens every few hours, but I'm hoping to save for a new PC very soon, but it's looking unlikely. Oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that happen to you. Honestly, I know that having like an old rundown PC is one of the worst things you can possibly have. And then to have someone just ruin it on top of the fact that it's already, you know, blue screening, already running on fumes. Why? Come on, that is just so horrible. I know a lot of you guys watching right now probably have PCs of your own and you know that blue screening and having an old PC is like one of the worst things you can do. But you know, to upgrade a PC, it's a lot of money. I'm fortunate enough that I reinvested some of the money that I made from this youtube channel back into a nice pc but for you know two years of running this channel almost i had like the oldest pc possible when i tried to edit it would just break down blue screen i'd have to restart i'd lose all the all the video footage and all the files it was horrible so op i know it feels and i'm so so sorry that you know someone has gone above and beyond that and made it even worse why i just hope that you can get a new pc pretty soon doesn't have to be amazing but better than one that blue screens every time you try and play a game at you know 60 fps please i hope you can get one of them So then, moving on to our second story of today's episode, Entitled Mum Tries to Change the Date of a Performance. So, I, a 19-year-old female, have been helping as a student teacher at my dance studio for a few years now, and I've met a few entitled people here and there, but this one really takes the cake. Just a note that this happened a few years ago when I was around 16 or 17 and COVID wasn't around. I have a student, maybe around eight years old, in a junior ballet class. I will call her nice kid since she's actually really sweet her mum the entitled mum of this story is not i could probably write a few more stories on what her mum has done but i'll stick to just this one for now anyways it's around performance season and my studio has just confirmed the performance date for the performance in my dance studio there are windows outside of the studios so that parents can watch their kids from the lobby I see the entitled mum waiting outside and I was a bit shocked since she was often five to ten minutes late to pick up her kid. I guess that she just wanted to buy some tickets for the show, so I smiled at her and continued teaching my class. When class ended, I saw her talking to some other parents before spotting me and walking over to me. The conversation that happens goes as follows. Hello, can I chat with you about the performance for a bit? Said the entitled mum. Of course. Are you buying tickets or do you just have questions about how things will work? No, I I wanted to talk about the date of the performance. Um, I can't make it. Oh no, that sucks. Well, if you want, we offer digital copies for parents who can't make it. It costs a little less than the tickets, too. No, see, I want to be able to see my kid perform on a stage. Yeah, but unfortunately, I can't really do anything about that. 
the only options we have are either to purchase tickets or a DVD copy. Well, can't you change the date? See, I really want to watch my kid. It's not that hard. Um, no, because the stage has already been paid for and booked and many parents have already bought tickets. Well, what would you know about this? You're just a teenager. Let me speak to the owner. I sigh and call my boss. I'll call him Ben. I already know that the entitled mum will lose because Ben is scary when he wants to be. I quickly tell him what happened and he took her to an empty studio to argue, well, chat with her. I don't know what he said, but it ended with her angrily fuming and dragging her kid out of the building. The week after, she actually bought a ticket for the performance. I asked her why she couldn't originally, and you guys want to know why she couldn't attend the performance? She had a hair appointment. I was a little shocked that she had made Ben argue with her over a hair appointment, but I didn't say anything. I don't really know if this counts as being entitled, but I think it does. Sorry, OP, you're not sure if someone requesting to change the date of an entire performance with loads of kids, loads of parents, obviously, you know, going on that date because they have a hair appointment of their own is entitled? Well, let me tell you, it's pretty entitled. I mean, seriously, guys, that has got to be up there. Um, Changing or wanting to change an entire dance performance with loads of kids, loads of parents because you want to have a hair appointment on that certain day. That is mad. I sorry. Just rearrange your hair appointment. Who cares? Your hair's probably trash anyway. Crazy. First time flying first class ruined by a Karen. So we're heading out for a family vacation flying first class for the first time. Our group has seven of the eight seats adjacent to the cockpit with one rando seated amongst us. And boy, did we find a Karen. Right from the get-go, Karen made her presence known. We board with my father-in-law, who was in a wheelchair, to find that for some reason, this lady boards the plane along with the passengers that need additional time to board. But she seems to be moving around just fine. It seems her motivation to do so was to pack not only her overhead compartments with her multitude of carry-on items, but she also needs to use all of mine and half of someone else's too. Okay, fine, whatever, we can deal with it. Then the flight gets delayed for being short crew and Karen immediately starts demanding wine before we even leave the ground. As soon as the stewardess tells her no and walks off, she starts complaining to us about how trashy first class is with this airline. Now at this point, I'm already thinking, Jesus, can you please just shut the heck up already? Then comes the inevitable, we can just leave without the crew member, right? Apparently, she wasn't paying attention because the missing crew was the freaking pilots. We were actually released back out to the terminal for a bit to stretch since the delay was so long. But when we returned to our seats, we find that my daughter's seat was occupied by Karen's friend who was flying economy. After standing around and clearing our throats several times to try and get their attention, it becomes obvious they have no awareness of anyone outside their bubble. Frickin' finally, after both myself, my daughter, and my mother-in-law all asked them to clear out, they finally acknowledge that they're in someone else's seats. After all of this, we eventually get up in the air. Cue Karen slamming glasses of wine. After the third glass, she's obviously already drunk as heck because she then dumped the entire fourth glass of wine 
on my teenage daughter and didn't even freaking acknowledge that she'd done it. No, sorry. No, here's a napkin. She just immediately started demanding another drink from the flight attendant. All the while, she's keeping her mask down while she is drinking, as she's entitled to do so. But the second I take mine off to drink some water, this female dog grabs my arm and starts demanding that I put my mask back on. Are you freaking serious? You're gonna complain about a mask but it's totally okay touching strangers? Okay, Karen. At this point, I finally tell the stewardess about everything and they stop serving her. But she still spends the rest of the trip complaining about how trashy this airline is and trying to talk to my daughter the entire time, who is legitimately worried this moron is going to puke on her. Poor kid. OP, honestly, I'm so sorry for your first experience in first class to be as disgraceful as this. It's just such a shame, isn't it, really? I think I've actually said on my channel before, guys, that I've been fortunate enough to fly first class a couple of times through my dad's, like, you know, flying points. I would never pay for it, of course. I think it's ridiculously expensive. But, you know, through points, you might as well take up the offer. And it is a great experience, to be fair. You know, you feel amazing. Everyone's looking after you. You can actually relax on a plane rather than being, you know, all squeezed up with other people. It's good fun. However, if you have someone like this ruining your first ever experience, oh, it just takes away from it all, doesn't it? And what, look, if your parents have spent loads of money on these flights and, you know, it's just all been ruined by this one person, that's all that money down the drain for what would have been and what should have been an amazing experience and now it's just something you really want to forget. Again, Opie, I'm so sorry. And now moving on to our second story. Entitled man refuses to move from mobility parking spots. I am a manager at the Way of Subs, and yesterday I had a man park in the mobility parking space. I didn't see him park there at the time and come into our store. We were serving another customer at the time who had just started ordering, and the entitled man interrupted the other customer to ask what the sub of the day was. Already, this got my hackles up because he was so rude about it. I then look up and notice a car parked in said parking space, which is directly in front of our big glass doors. I looked at him and asked if that was his car. He said yes. Now, in New Zealand, people who qualify for mobility parking permits need to get a doctor to fill in the medical part of the form, and the doctor will often send the application form in for you, and you just need to pay for it. I'm not sure how other countries work, but that's us. So, back to the conversation. I say to the man, Do you have a mobility parking permit? No, I broke my back and I can't walk that far. Yeah, but you need a permit to be allowed to park there. I'm still waiting for it to come. It's illegal to park in there unless you have a permit. You need to move your car. I'll just get my food, then I'll move it. It's only going to take me a couple of minutes. No, you need to move your car now. The entitled man then plants his feet and drops his shoulders, almost like a three-year-old who is not going to do what you asked. It sucks, but we can't actually do much to make people move from those parking spaces, other than ask them to move. The tow truck would take too long, and they'd already be gone by the time the tow truck gets here. I decided to say the only thing I could in this situation. They either move their car or speed out of there like a scorned lover. And yes, this happens regularly, but most people will just move their car. Now, I did a lot of theater in high school, so I know how to project my voice without yelling. Sir, we will not be serving you unless you move your car. Well, he spun around like only someone who has an intact back could do and stomped out like a big man-child. He threw himself into his car and sped off like someone was chasing him. 
The other customers who were in the store all had something to say I was about to go and move my own car. You were so intimidating Wow, you're not gonna miss the five bucks. He was going to spend good job People like that annoy me. My grandpa needs those parking spaces. So thank you for standing up to him It makes me feel better that everyone else supported me To be honest with you guys and let me know if you agree with me down in the comments below But halfway through that story I genuinely wasn't sure if op had gone too far and was just you know Assuming that this person was lying about their back when really they genuinely could have had a bad back And they genuinely could have applied for their permit that hadn't come yet as in do you get what i'm saying How could op possibly know but then as this guy spins around and runs out and gets in his car It becomes very obvious that no, he doesn't have any back issues at all He hasn't got a permit. He isn't waiting for a permit to arrive. And he's just trying to, you know, be very lazy, park as close to the shop as possible, and then get his stuff and go just because, you know, it suits him. And he wants to spend as little time walking from his car to the shop as possible but yeah i mean ridiculous thing to do my granddad has a disabled badge we call it here in the uh, in the uk i believe and um that entitles him to go into these parking spaces that he needs because it's uncomfortable for people like him to walk a long way someone who is well abled and is fully able to walk a solid distance and, and isn't handicapped should not be parking in those spaces imagine they were awful as one of the last people in your store said and you know their grandpa needs it just like mine does like if they were forced to walk a long way to get into the the store they honestly may not be able to do it some people you know in wheelchairs whatever horrible thing to do horrible person well done op for standing up to them and now moving on to our final story of today's episode entitled dad wants my wife and i to get rid of our dog for some background i come from a south asian muslim family in islam dogs are not allowed indoors because they are supposedly dirty and thus invalidate any prayer done in the home Let's just ignore how dumb that is considering dogs in the u.s Are probably cleaner than many people back in my home country Um, op that is a crazy statement to start off the story But anyway now I personally am not religious I know how to pray and will do prayers with relatives if visiting their homes and for certain holidays But besides that i'm pretty far from a muslim in my personal views and I don't regard religion highly in general not just islam, but every religion I am married to a non-muslim caucasian woman who had a lovely dog from before we met I was always okay with dogs, but obviously never had one growing up I not only fell in love with my wife, but also her dog. I am now a full-fledged dog person Now, when my parents found out I was dating a non-Muslim and Caucasian woman, it was devastating to them. They always figured I would have an arranged marriage. My mum, to be fair, was quick to get over it once she realized my wife is a great person and was happy to have a daughter-in-law. My dad eventually also seemed to get over it, but he is very religious and was not happy about the dog. He wanted us to get rid of her. We were able to work with a local imam who said it was actually fine for us to have the dog since you can't just throw a living animal away and if we kept a separate room for prayers. My parents and I live in separate homes so us having a dog in no way impacts their home. So now moving on to what's happening currently. After having the imam speak with my dad, I thought that that would be it. My dad uses the yard at my house for gardening and our dog did its business in his garden area Now normally she stays away from the garden area, but you know dogs do dog things We check two to three times per day in our yard to clear up any potential poop 
but it just so happened on that one day that we didn't because it was raining in the morning and we'd gone to our friend's place in the afternoon. We just planned on cleaning up the yard once we got home. For some reason, my dad had come over. He got angry. He started yelling at me and asked again when we were going to get rid of our dog. He didn't like that the dog used the yard, that it's against the religion, and apparently he can't bring his friends or my cousins over to our house because of the dog. I told him we were not getting rid of the dog, and I actually pointed out how many non-Muslim things he has done, which probably wasn't the best idea, and that I don't care if he can't randomly bring people over to my house. We would not want him to do that anyway, dog or not. He huffed and puffed and then drove home, where he did some more complaints to my mum and got into an argument about it with my younger brother, who, like me, isn't very religious. Yeah, this is a tough one really, isn't it? And to be honest, I'm not in the best place to even, you know, what, sympathize or give my opinion on this because my parents aren't religious and I'm not religious, to be honest. But I know that it's going to be very difficult and I'm assuming that lots of you watching right now may have very religious parents and you don't particularly follow their religion or, or, you know, you're less involved in the religion than them. And for some parents like these ones here, it can be all well. The mum seems okay. The dad in particular, it can be a struggle, you know, when the religion is such an important part of your life and your kids don't really seem to care but ultimately you have to just let them make their own decisions at some point surely and um yeah in this story look the dad probably doesn't like the fact that you do all these non-muslim things but ultimately you're not a muslim so it's up to you what you do it's a tough one though look comment down below if you have very religious parents and you don't follow their religion to to such an extent that they do or maybe you do let me know how was how was your childhood with very religious parents i want to know because obviously it hasn't happened to me but i can completely understand if it was difficult or maybe it was great who knows comment down below let me know entitled kid thinks he can get a custom built pc for 80 bucks has this happened to anyone who owns a pc building service on facebook so a week ago i got a message from someone's kid asking for a pc so i tell him what i tell everybody and we got to the part of price when i told the kid the amount he said okay i'll send it in five minutes So five minutes later, I got a PayPal notification saying someone sent me $80. I messaged them back saying, thanks, but when are you going to send the amount of money needed to get the parts for the PC? Nothing. So I waited for five minutes and forgot about it. Now, it wasn't until yesterday that I got an answer back asking when the PC will be delivered. I said, you didn't even pay for the PC, you paid for the labor. So after I sent that, the kid went crazy and started cursing me out. I just didn't even answer and refunded the $80. Well, wait, so you're legit telling me that this kid actually thought that the price of a custom-built PC was $80? I mean, did he think it was $80 for the whole thing? Or did he think that it was $80 for the labor, as you said, but then you, OP, would have to go and actually buy the individual parts of the PC, put them all together for the $80, sure, and then give them all to this kid for free? I don't know, but $80 for a custom-built PC? Uh, Yeah, not on this planet. Now moving on to our second post. Entitled parents left his kid alone at the airport. Back when I used to work at an airport, I often dealt with kids traveling without parents. This was a paid service called unaccompanied minors available to everyone under 18 But mandatory to kids under the age of 12 who traveled alone The rule is that the parent or guardian or whoever escorts the kids for the sake of clarity I'll just refer to them all as parents from this point has to stay at the airport until the plane is in the air 
This was in case the flight was cancelled because the paid service did not cover anyone staying with the kid until the next flight. The most extreme case would obviously be that there'd be no flight available that day anymore, in which case the kid would have to go home and come back the next day. Obviously, most parents were fine with going to the gate with their kids and staying until the very last minute. In all my years, I only had trouble with one entitled dad. He came to the business counter with his child, which was already a big no-no, as checking in unsupervised kids takes longer than average, and the business counter was, well, supposed to be a fast lane for business class and high-tier passengers. The dad chose his own gold card, so I bit back my annoyance and asked the person next to me to check in my queue until I was done. I gave the dad all the forms he had to fill in, which already annoyed him. The kid was obviously under 10 and seemed very sweet. She looked relaxed and I guess she had done this plenty of times. Over the years, you learn to spot the ones who are not accustomed to traveling alone. The dad gave me back the forms and asked, so where do I leave her? I got a bit confused, but told him, like always, that he had to stay at the airport until the plane was in the air. What? No, I paid for her to be accompanied. Well, yeah, from the gate to the plane and from the plane to arrivals. I have a meeting in a town like three hours away. I can't stay with her. Sir, what if the flight is cancelled? We'd have to call you back. She'd stay here with you, wouldn't she? That's not a possibility. Sir, you agree to the terms when you pay. I didn't pay for this. Her mother did. And she told me I could just leave the kid with you. At this point, the kid started crying. Daddy, please come with me. Don't start. You like flying, don't you? Mum always comes with me. I don't care. I don't have the time. I want to speak to your manager. While we waited for my supervisor, we heard an announcement through the loudspeakers about a car in the no parking zone. The entitled dad went, shit, and ran away, leaving his daughter at my counter. She started crying in earnest, and I panicked that the dad was taking this opportunity to bail. My supervisor came, we closed my counter completely, the queue was almost empty at this point, and took the kid aside to talk over our options, hoping that the dad would come back. After five minutes, and no dad later, we tried to call him. His number was one of the papers he signed. No answer. Then we tried the mum, whose contact info was also on the papers. She said she'd call the dad and ask if there was any way we could take the kid to the gate if he didn't appear, if she promised she'd be there in about 30 minutes. We told her that there was still plenty of time before the flight left and they could skip the security queue so we could make a little exception and wait for her at the check-in with the kid, but that we wouldn't let the kid go to the gate without her parents. The mother was understanding and told us that either she or the dad would be there soon. A few minutes later, the dad did come back, arguing over the phone with who we assumed was the mum. He yanked the daughter by her arm and took her through security. We felt bad, but thought that was that. No. I went back to my counter to finish the check-in and then got a call from the gate, telling me that the dad had left the kid with them. Obviously, there's a lot to do before a flight leaves, so they couldn't really look after her, and they asked if I could try to see him and tell him to come back. I didn't manage to spot him and my supervisor told me to go sit with the kid while she again called the mum my shift was about to end so i didn't have to hurry anywhere except home and i agreed to work a little overtime 
The kid was in tears and my shift manager had to get involved. While my supervisor called the mum, the shift manager called the airline, asking if we could allow the kid on the flight if there's no parent present when the flight leaves. We were a ground handling company and did not directly work for any airline. They told us straight up no. Fortunately, I then get a call from my supervisor telling me that the mum had arrived. To make things easier at the security, me and the kid went back to check-in. The mum signed new forms and escorted the kid through security again. The kid made the flight fine and it left on time. The mum was so embarrassed about the whole incident, but didn't really stay to explain the dad's behavior. And well, it wasn't really our business anymore. She did say this was the first and last time the dad would ever escort the kid and thanked us for doing all we could. She was obviously upset and overwhelmed, but we're not in a country where we share more than we have to, so it was not surprising that she just left after the thank you. I had to stay a while longer to write an incident report and got home absolutely exhausted. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear from the start of this story that this was always going to be an issue with this entitled dad. Clearly, I think he just thinks, you know, that he's too important to even be seen taking his thoughts to the airport for a flight. And that was, that's always been his wife's job, you know. Why is he doing this? He's got important meetings to go to. Wait, what? I have to stay with her for, for a number of hours because it's legal? I'm not doing that. No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. It's kind of just like a crazy, selfish, um, I, I guess, opinion to have of the whole situation. Yeah, he clearly thinks he's more important than, than anyone else. More important than UOP, more important than his daughter, more important than his wife, more important than everyone. Kind of, uh, if I'm being completely honest. And yeah, at least his wife is kind of, you know, a normal person and is, is a more generous person and doesn't mind helping her kid fly. <laughs> But yeah, crazy person, crazy geese. And um, I honestly don't know what would have happened in that situation had the mum not got involved. You would literally have had to call the police, right? Mental. Does this dad want the police to get involved? I wouldn't, but you know, he clearly doesn't care. Now moving on to our final post. My entitled neighbor just demanded her garbage bag or compensation. I just came inside from this confrontation. Although apparently it started months ago and I just didn't know it. Now, I moved to this neighborhood about a year and a half ago. It was bigger than my old place, so I wanted a few more pieces of furniture and also wanted to swap out a few pieces. I'm too cheap to buy new for the most part. Soft furnishings too big to go in the washing machine are the only things I usually buy new, so I upcycle and refinish most of my furniture. I do this mostly in my garage, but any spraying I do in the front yard on the mulch. Most of the neighbors had stopped at some point to welcome me or talk about my projects. A few had asked if I took orders. I told them I do and at a pretty low cost because I don't do professional quality, but it would have to wait a little bit as I wanted to finish my personal projects first. One of the neighbors who asked was the neighbor lady across the street. When I gave her my answer, she sort of sniffed and said, fine, this was almost a year ago. A few months ago was the yearly large trash pickup where you can put almost anything on the curb and the city will take it to the dump for you. It's a great time to pick up new pieces. My neighbor lady had a pile of actually trashed items out, but as I was working in the garage, I saw her lug a console slash entry table to the curb. It looked beat up, but not broken. And it was one of the pieces I was actually looking for. I headed over. It was pretty beat up as suspected. The finish was scratched to heck. A pet had chewed one of the legs, but it was a solid piece. So I asked if I could have it. The lady said, of course. So I got my dolly and stashed it in my garage. 
It sat in the garage for a few months, but last weekend I decided to work on it. I sand down and refinished most pieces, but after assessing the condition of the wood, I decided I was just going to paint this piece, as the patching for the damage would be too visible through a stain. I stripped and sanded the piece down and fixed the damage. Today, I got it out and painted it in the front yard. It's a navy color, and I'm pretty happy with how it's going to turn out. Just as I was finishing putting away all the tools and paint though, my neighbor lady came marching across the street. I thought she would just admire it, as people like seeing their old trash transformed. But instead, she said, I've decided that I don't want to give you this table, so I'm going to come get it when it's done drying. No, I said, you gave it to me. It's mine, and I put in a fair amount of time and money to refinish it. But it's mine! You stole it from me, and I want it back! No, it's now mine. If you want it back, it will be $150. <gasps> what? But it's trash now! You ruined it! I thought you were going to refinish it! Then why do you want it back? Plus, I like it like this. Any other refinishing would have taken too long and cost too much. Fine, if you want to keep it, I'll take $200 for it, so I can buy a new one. No, you said I could take it from your trash pile. I even asked you before taking it. It's mine now. I'll just come and take it while you sleep then. For context, I usually leave pieces in the yard overnight to dry. Okay then, fine. I guess I'll just take it inside now. I then grabbed the leg of the table and proceeded to drag it into the garage. The neighbor lady reached out to stop me, but recoiled once she realized it was still wet. I pulled it in and waved at her with my now paint-covered hand as the door closed. It was a bit petty, and my hand is covered in paint, spray paint so it doesn't come off easily, and I will have to redo the leg, but it was worth it for the look on her face. Thinking back as I typed this, I think this might have been her plan all along. Get me to take it, refinish it, and demand it back. I normally would have charged like 30 to 40 dollars to refinish something like that But because she tried to trick me the price more than tripled and she ended up with nothing Of course, she is still my neighbor. I'm sure i'll have more fun with her in the future Oh, op. Yeah, there is no doubt in my mind that that is exactly what this neighbor was trying to do to you I mean, it's so obvious. It's so obvious when you're like, oh, yes I will put this out right on my well, right on my pavement just so my neighbor who I know does up trash can see it then let her, you know, meddle with it, make it look amazing once again, and then buy it back off her. Or just, you know, not even buy it, just get it for free. Yeah, so obvious. Uh, it didn't work that well in this situation, lady, because once you say to someone, yes, you can have it, it's not yours anymore. That was never, ever going to work. You're so dumb. Sorry, it's just stupid. Like, it's just dumb. Just pay her a little bit of money. Pay OP a little bit of money and say, look, you know what? I know I can I can tell you're really talented here. Would you mind having a go at this? Because I'd like this piece, but obviously it's, it's seeing better days. Give it a go. Give it a little brush up. And OP would have said fine for a pretty reasonable amount of money. Do you not think, guys? But no, OP did the right thing. Putting the price up astronomically because that's what you're supposed to do. OP did this for herself, not for her neighbor. Well done, OP. And neighbor, you're done. I can still see who's in the car. I work in a small liquor shop, and this happened last week, a couple of days before Christmas. An entitled son entered with his girlfriend and spent a few minutes browsing our wines and spirits. They then went into our cool room where we have our premixes, Jim Beam and Cola, for example, and our cartons of beer. All up, after about 10 minutes of browsing, they decided to get a four pack of Volca Cruises, a six pack of Jim Beam and Cola, a bottle of Southern Comfort, and a bottle of vodka. All up, it came to close to $130. 
I scan the products and then ask for the ID of the boy. We have to ask for ID from anyone 25 or younger, but the legal age is 18. The guy fumbles around in his wallet, then says he cannot find it, and asks if I will accept a photo of it on his phone. I say no, I have to see the actual ID. His girlfriend then goes into her purse and pulls out her ID and shows me. She's 19 years old. I say thank you, but I still can't sell you anything as you are together and I need to see his ID. The entitled son leaves the store and goes into a car parked right outside. We have clear windows. I can see straight into the car. He then comes back in with a piece of paper, which turns out to be a high school year 12 report card from last year. Why would you have that in your car? He asks whether this will do, and I say, no, it has to be photo ID. Cue his entitled dad. His entitled dad enters the store, pulls out his wallet, and shows me his ID. I say, sorry, I can't sell to you as you are with your son. The dad starts going on about how he has worked in hotels for 20 years. He tried saying that you can sell to someone without ID if another person can vouch for the person, which is not true. He said he knows the liquor licensing laws like the back of his hand, but I still refuse to sell. His entitled son leaves the store and the entitled dad says, There, he is no longer here. You can sell to me now. I say that I still can't as I know that the two of them are together. The guy's girlfriend leaves the store at this point, leaving just the entitled dad in the store with me. The entitled dad offers to give me $20 as a bonus if I just do the transaction. I still say no. He then says that there is no reason that I can give him that says I cannot do the transaction. I start mentioning the relevant parts of the Liquor Licensing Act, and he says they are just guidelines, not law. So I bring up on my laptop some court cases I know of where people have tried challenging the fines levied when you sell to underage people. He says that is only when you are caught by the police and again offers to buy the alcohol and I again refuse. The entitled dad then goes on a tirade about this being unfair and unjust and I am preventing them from having a fun evening. I am being racist. That one blew me as I thought they were all Australian and that he was going to lodge a complaint about unfair selling prices. Now enter the entitled granddad. I already knew that the entitled granddad was in the car with the others, but he comes in acting as though he isn't part of the group. He starts walking around the store, acting as though he is browsing, and eventually comes to the register. I say to him that I cannot sell to him. The entitled granddad pulls out his ID and shows it to me. I tell him that it isn't a problem with his ID. The entitled granddad then asks me what the problem is. And I tell him that the problem is that your entitled grandson doesn't have an ID. The entitled granddad tries claiming that he doesn't know who that guy is. But I then say to him that I can see straight out the window into the car where everyone was. He then tries to tell me that I'm mistaken. But I offer to play back footage on the store's CCTV showing everyone getting in and out of the same car. The entitled granddad starts saying that he is a former law enforcement, not a police officer. He knows what the laws are. He says that this is an abuse of their civil liberties. The entitled dad starts to come around to my side of the counter. I tell him to stop. The entitled dad says, just try to. At that moment, one of my regulars came in. We have a running joke between us about him being a detective due to some things he discovered on the internet for me that I couldn't find. So, as he came in, I said, Hello, detective. 
The regular customer, now acting as a detective, said hello to me. The look on the entitled dad and the entitled granddad's faces when I said hello detective was priceless. I start talking to the regular customer about what this entitled dad and entitled granddad were doing in the store. But before I had even gotten through the first sentence, they had both hot-footed it out of the store and into the same very car. We turned and looked and watched them speed away. Honestly, guys, it's starting to feel like partway through that story became like a circus. You know, one member of the family goes in, another one goes out, they keep rotating. It's just like, I don't know what's going on here. They're just subbing in for one another, each trying to do the exact same thing, knowing that it's not going to work. I don't even know why they're bothering. At that point, should you just go to another store? You would have saved so much time. Like You've wasted everyone's time here. You could have been doing something way much more valuable with your time than just trying the same technique over and over again. Imagine the entire granddad coming in, though. Like, what? an image just acting like he wasn't involved with anyone else in his entire family who happened to be in the store oh you know what sorry you're not buying this uh, selection of alcohol anymore i'll get it how about that i'll get it and i'll get the exact same bottles that you were gonna get just by chance you know we're not together or anything don't worry about that even though we look the same this is my son and my grandson and my grandson's girlfriend don't worry about that i'll just get the same stuff oh thank you see you later like did you really think that was gonna work really Don't get me wrong. It is annoying because I've had the exact same thing happen to me when you go into a a store and you want to buy alcohol, right? And, you know, just one person in your group doesn't have their ID and it can ruin it because obviously, you know, you have to check everyone's ID. That is policy in a lot of countries, definitely in the UK. And it sounds like in Australia as well. And it can be very annoying, but, you know, it is policy and it is actually legal. You have to check everyone's ID in a group if you think they're under the age of 25, not just 18, 25 as well. So, yeah. You know, it makes sense. And uh, don't take the bribe. If you do work in a store, please don't ever take the bribe because your whole store could be be shut down if people find out about what you've done. Um, So OP, you obviously did the right thing there. But uh, yeah, I don't know why these customers didn't realize that it just wasn't going to work. Now moving on to our second story. Entitled parent barges into gas station, makes someone cry and calls us workers headless chickens. If today couldn't get any more worse, well, it sure did. I start my morning at a gas station at 6am. My manager, who doesn't work weekends, changed the roster on Wednesday. So we had someone who wasn't meant to start till 1.30 turn up at 6. We sent him home. The guy who was meant to start at 7 didn't show up till 10.30. His previous roster had him at 12pm start, not 7am. And the guy who was meant to be there at 10 started at 9.30 to help us. When I got there this morning, there were three of us. The other two had started at 5am. One of them had his birthday party yesterday and was high on drugs and came into work with zero sleep. When he went on his half around 8am, he didn't even come back, leaving me and one other worker to cover the shop for an hour before someone else turned up. It was busy. Once we got our third person in, the other went on his half. Our manager stuffed up by changing rosters and not telling anyone. We did manage to survive till our manager came in along with two more staff though. So... This story happened just after 1.30 p.m. today. One of the guys who started at 5 a.m. had just clocked out as he was just finished for the day. I was in the break room coming back out after having a water and one of the new employees was calling me over to deal with a customer. Hello, what seems to be the problem? Of course, it was a Karen. Hello, I've been in and gotten this number to ring your manager and he isn't picking up. My daughter came in 30 minutes ago and got treated poorly. I want to speak to your manager in charge. I said I would try and find him, but it turned out he left ages ago. He came in at 11 and left at 12.30. I do apologize, but he isn't on site at the moment. Have you tried leaving a message? What? So you were telling me that there is no manager here? 
Are you all running around like headless chickens? I do ensure you that we are trained for what we have been doing, but anything in the office we have not. So what I'm hearing is that if there was a fire and the place burned down, well, who would you ring? When's your manager going to be in next? Well, we would ring the emergency line and then ring our manager on his personal phone. Our manager will be in on Monday and he doesn't work weekends. Okay, then give me his personal number. Well, I cannot do that due to privacy. Well, then where was the 5am guy who was manager today? One of the new employees mentioned the 5am guy who's our administrator. He is not a manager. The 5am guy has clocked off for the day and has gone home since he started at 5am. Also, he is not a manager. She then starts repeating the same story. What if this place burned down? Blah, blah, blah. At this point, a nice other customer gets involved. Hey, excuse me, Karen, but you can't come in here, push in front of the line and make a young girl cry. We were very busy and this nice customer had witnessed the whole thing. As soon as I heard make a young girl cry, there was only one other person working other than me who was a girl. So I knew who it was. At that moment, then I leave the Karen alone to deal with my crying co-worker as she is still trying to serve other people. The 5am guy was still in the office, but didn't want to come out because he knew the truth. The Karen's daughter did a drive off the other day and he had to do the manual fuel correction to get her to pay it. The 5am guy just said what he tells everyone with the drive off in our systems. I go back out to once again say that Karen has to call our manager and leave a message. I also pulled her up on the fact that she made one of our staff members cry and that this was the ending of her first week here. I just remember who served me. It was this man here. She says this pointing at a tall employee. But mom, he has only just started working for the day. Listen here, there is a photo at back with my daughter and my license plates. Then she tells me her number plates. I'm sorry, I cannot get that for you as it is private information on that paper and you are not the person in the photo. So due to regulations, I cannot give that to you. Well, go get it and put it right here. Then you're not handing it to me. You're just showing it. Once again, I cannot do that. It's a breach of policy. She got fed up with me following the rules and left yelling. Your manager is going to hear about this, she said. I was glad once she left. 30 minutes of saying the exact same thing is annoying. The 5am guy was still in the office. We had a talk about what happened and both of us couldn't do anything related to the store. Only our manager can. Yeah, I imagine that would be a very tough situation when you literally, you physically can't do anything else more than you were already doing. And you've got this like horrible customer who is just, you know, breathing fire at you, just being absolutely toxic and not listening to a word you're saying really. When you're literally telling them, genuinely, there's nothing more I can do here. I'm very sorry, but I don't have the power, you know, the influence. I'm not allowed to do more than just say, please call the manager, our manager, leave a message. And then he, she will, will sort it when they can. They're not working right now. And I literally can't even do the things you're asking me to do because it's not my job to i'm literally not allowed i don't know what more you can do in this situation and that honestly must be one of the worst things about working in any sort of like customer service job or a store when someone like this you have to deal with a horrible karen like this and they're genuinely not even listening to a word you're saying just making your life horrible Guys, if you have any like little stories about your, you working in customer service or, or you know a shop like this, dealing with customers like this, drop them down below because I bet it's happened to loads of you watching right now and I want to hear your stories from hell to be honest. Now moving on to our final story. Karen doesn't wait in lines. Or does she? I am so excited to have finally had a live Karen encounter. You know one where you're not thinking later of things you should have said. 
I'm making lasagna tonight. I needed a few ingredients, so off to the grocery store I went. I really wasn't in the mood to go out, so I was trying to get in and out of there quickly, since I only needed a few items. Throughout my shopping, I noticed a woman with her young boy who was probably about six or seven years old. I passed them a couple of times and could hear her nagging him or yelling at him. She was bumping into other shoppers without excusing herself and would huff as if the fact that she can't walk and push a car at the same time was everyone else's fault. I got my items and headed to the checkout. There were only two lines open, but it wasn't crowded. I had only one guy in front of me and he was about halfway finished. Now, due to COVID, the store has a policy that you can't put your groceries on the belt until the belt is empty. As I was starting to put my things on the belt, I heard her coming and thought, "Uh uh-oh, please don't get in this line. I was starting to put my things on the belt and the entitled mum comes up very close, not social distancing with an overflowing car and her kid, who was playing a handheld game, completely behaving. She says, Um, I need to go first. I'm in a hurry and my son is tired and needs to go home. I'm sorry, but I'll be done in a few minutes. But I have a kid. Plus, we don't do lines. Well, congrats on the kid. He seems fine to me. No, no, you need to get behind me. I have a kid and he's cranky. Looks to me like mama is the one who's cranky. You're gonna need to wait your turn. Now this calls the cashier and two other nice guys in the line to start giggling. Try not to say anything. But my baby, he's ready to go and I'm going first. The cashier then said, mom, please be patient and you'll have your turn. She was first. I didn't ask for your opinion. Then one of the nice guys came in. Well, that's no way to talk to the cashier, Karen. Wait, what did you call me? That's racist. You can't call me that. Oh, I didn't realize Karen was a race. Where did Karen's come from? If I'd have known that, well, I may have let you in front of me, as you are clearly superior to those of us who don't bring kids to the store. The other nice guy said, Mom, look, no one is being racist. Karen isn't a race. Yeah, but it's impolite. And you're not? Oh, that's right. Karens can say and do whatever they want without any consequences. I forgot. Well, you don't do lines. I don't tolerate people bullying me and being complete buttholes. What? You just curse in front of my son? You're in big trouble. You can't do that. Then the nice guy says, Are you going to get the manager? Oh no, we better all run. By this time, everyone within earshot is laughing at her and she's starting to realize. We all know what happens when a Karen becomes self-aware. She starts screaming and stomping her feet. The cashier says, Mom, please, you are disturbing the customers and causing a scene. You can start loading your groceries now, but if you continue with this, you are going to be asked to leave. But they're teasing me, and all I did was ask to go ahead of her because of my kid, who, by the way, is still being quiet. She verbally assaulted me, and he was racist by calling me Karen. What are you going to do about this? This is your last chance. One more disruption, and you're leaving. Yeah, Karen, stop disrupting, another nice guy said. Right as he said that, another cashier comes and opens the next register over and takes both the nice guys so Karen had to continue to wait her turn. She didn't end up speaking with the manager and didn't say anything when the other register was opened because I think she actually realized she wasn't going to win. I call that a victory. 
Yeah, no doubt, OP. That is a fat dub for you. Uh, you've done well there. I can't lie. You've put a Karen in her place. And yeah, like you said at the start of this story, when you said, um, you know, it's good to have a Karen encounter and not be left wondering later in the day. Oh, you know, this is what I should have said. I should have done this differently. You know, when you have an argument or a discussion with someone and you think about it for hours afterwards, you're like, oh, I really wish I'd said this or this. It would have been way better. Well, luckily for you, you've done you've done well in the actual moment there. So no need to think about that, as you said at the start of the story. All three of you, I mean, all four of you, the, both the nice guys, the cashier and you have put this Karen right in her place because clearly her excuses about her kid being cranky, tired, whatever, were just a lie. They were behaving perfectly fine. It was all on this Karen. She was the one that was causing such a ruckus, being such an idiot. And yeah, you all told her what's up and she had to deal with the consequences. Amazing stuff. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.